discuss it. Uh, there's been a group at Milton Keynes Role Playing Club who've been playing it for the last decade or so. Um, <laughs> and um, I, this group includes Paul and Matt. It doesn't include me. So um, I'm, I'm going to sit here and ask lots of questions about uh, everyone, who, and everyone will introduce themselves soon. Um, and um, so be warned, we are about to spoil the fuck out of this campaign. So if you haven't played it, you probably don't want to listen to the next hour and a half, uh, unless you've got no intentions of playing it, or unless you just want to cheat egregiously. Or if you want to run it, that's always a good plan. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. But yeah, more to the point if you want to cheat. Um, so uh, let's let's start off by introducing everyone. Um, so uh, let's start with Paul. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll kick off. Uh, I'm Paul Fricker. I played um, the whole of the game, um, and I started off with Major Cyril Irvine. Uh, who came to an unfortunate end, which we'll come to later. I thought it was just character gen that he met an unfortunate ending. <laughs> it's, not oh, tra- yes. it's not a traveller. <laughs> no, so it, it very nearly was. It almost was. was, actually, because our, our good keeper, Matt, decided to um, use the uh, First World War... Um, from from Gr- Green and Pleasant Land. Yes. Good God. So I rolled some disastrous... Uh, <laughs> disastrous result which in, ended up I've, I've been the victim of a gas attack <laughs> so I think my constitution was halved or something I think you actually let me off a little bit I did yes um, yeah. my did hit points were reduced my constitution was um, half my yeah I had a gammy leg you were the, you hit every so branch of that tree on the <laughs> <laughs> so, so was this gas attack in character or had Matt been eating chilli again <laughs> well, try to spare the group come on <laughs> try so after after him, I moved on to uh, Doctor Valentine. Yeah, uh, perhaps, perhaps uh, you know, I think he went on to surpass the achievements of Major Irvine. Fucking Gollum. And um, and then, unfortunately, well, he came to a bad end as well. And uh, I moved on to Dixon Bainbridge, a uh, steadfast investigator who um, may also have come to a bad end, but that was in the final episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Matt Lott, I'm the Keeper of Arcane Law, and I want to have the um, delight of running this scenario. I didn't think it would take 19 months to do, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was very lucky that Mark Morrison contacted me and allowed me to run the um, Playtester new version, so we had a lot of extra content. Excellent. Yeah, um, I'm Arthur Colborn. Uh, I played... Three characters in total. Uh, two of my choosing one was a, an NPC, essentially, who, uh, who was given to me because I died right at the very end and I needed something to do. Um, one was a guy called Carl Bosworth. He was the first one I chose. Um, sort of, he, he did all right, but um, he, he wasn't very good at sort of hand-to-hand, apparently. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, then the, the best one was a guy called Savino Moretti, who um, he, he actually lasted very well considering um, he had someone else's leg. 
Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. come on to that. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, he, he actually lasted a really long time, but then, uh, then I had to take over Rama Hotet, who was a who was one of the many um, stereotypes on the train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he had a part to play, so um, so that was me. Yes, I did. So, so was that a, someone who'd been an NPC previously? That yes, right. yeah, someone okay. someone we've met but couldn't be until then. Okay, dodgy shit I, number. Insert number here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm Scott Dorwood, and I didn't play. <laughs> um, I'm Dominic. I joined relatively late in the campaign with Rebecca Halloway, who ended up being injured and uh, put out of action, and so I got given a character that had previously been in the campaign, Peter Ernest, uh, who lasted right until the end, and then he got sucked into a vortex. So. <laughs> Um, I'm Amy Hewitt. I played three characters in this campaign. I started off with Anastasia, um, or that's what she told everyone her name was. Uh, she almost went insane and then came to an unfortunate, very physical end uh, some, somewhere on the train. Then I played the, uh, the French train attendant, Benoit de Sauveterre, who had an illustrious uh, run of one <laughs> session. Um, <laughs> And then Matt very kindly supplied me with Elena Costanza, who I believe is an NPC yeah, from the book, is. and I played her up until the end of the campaign, and she actually survived. Mm. Good God. You're not trying, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had seven deaths. Yeah, we had a fair we had a few. Yeah. Yeah. Seven deaths, two maimings, and three insanities. Yeah. It's a good run. So, yeah. And so I'm, I'm Matt Sanderson. You probably know my voice by now. Um, I started off with... We had previous podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I started off with Thaddeus Irvine, um, the wonderful younger brother that no one talks about of uh, Cyril. Yeah, Cyril's younger brother. Yeah, yeah, the better brother, <laughs> the one that's still in one piece anyway. The one that left his brother to die in a duel with Bested Island. <laughs> As any brother would do, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, mutter, mutter. And followed up by Simon Wolfe. Um, yeah, he was a troubleshooter, quite, quite literally. Yeah, he was a hired assassin. We're also missing a couple. Um, there was Jeff with Vincenzo, Vincenzo. Vincenzo. who made it from start to finish. He did, including yes. the, the two people who made it from start to finish unfortunately aren't here tonight. Yeah. So that, 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 that's, that's because Matt had to kill the player. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to live. <laughs> Someone was going to die. Yeah, um, yeah Vincenzo was um, Irvine's, Cyril Irvine, Paul's character, um, Ballet. Yeah, yeah. Who had previously worked on the Orange Express, Express mm-hmm. which did prove useful a couple of times during yes. the scenario. And Paul, the other Paul, um, played Kratos. Kratos, yes. the uh, the gardener. Yes. <laughs> who just happened to be um, just happened to be an ex legionnaire as well. So we never knew if he had another name. No, just <laughs> Kratos. Just Kratos. And both those characters meant to survive from the prequel all the way to the end. And Cyril and Kratos had a very close relationship. But it was never quite. I wouldn't know about that, sir. <laughs> yeah, for, for any of you Ted and Ralph fans out there, yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, <clears throat> not having played it, I've I've only heard secondhand what the structure of this is. So I'm going to go through uh, section by section and kind of ask you for your your favourite anecdotes. So if I ask you about a section that doesn't exist or is called something completely different, do correct me. No, no, we'll just make it up for those that want to cheat. So that we can throw some information. Okay. So I, I understand the whole thing kicks off with an auction. Um, yes, it did. It's, I've listened to a couple of um, 
play, real actual plays of this and both of them start off at the auction. It's a very good scenario to introduce the main character that the other characters have to meet, which is Professor Smith. Um, it's a very good way of uh, introducing him. Um, it gives a bit of interest in the mythos and it's a very classic scenario. I think so that's that from, scenario of the auction isn't part of the It's not part of it. It's from Cthulhu Classics, I think. Oh, gosh. Yeah, which is yeah. very old. It's a very old scenario. I think it's one of the originals, actually. Yeah, I, I remember running that in Dundee back in the 80s. Yes. Good yeah, it's, it's, I, I didn't realise it was the same one. Yes, it right. is the same one. Right. Yes, with um, Trost Dagger and yeah. um, Gould, which that's... Your time will go on, you'll find out on my favourite Mythos characters. <laughs> it's a good way of getting the characters to sort of uh, band together as well, because in Cthulhu you don't really have the old D&D staple of, you know, you're all sat in a bar and a mysterious figure comes over. And some of us had connections beforehand, like myself, um, Cyril and Thaddeus all knew each other, and obviously Cyril knew Kratos and Vincenzo, but it's it's... It's a good crisis point for all the characters to start knowing each other and start working together, so it works as quite a good opening for the scenario. And a good way to burn a hell of a lot of luck for no bloody reason. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never need a good reason to burn luck, you just do it yeah. throughout the entire campaign. <laughs> so, so um, the characters are drawn together by this auction, but they end up on the Orient Express. How, how does that happen? Right, well, during the auction, they meet Professor Smith, who is the main... Um, instigator of the adventure in the Orient Express. Um, we ran through the um, the auction. I don't think anyone actually died. Did you meet the ghouls in the end? Yes, yes. 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 someone got the Yes. Well, there was a body in the room outside the auction. We found a dead body. Yes, someone was murdered. Someone, someone was murdered in the. Room murdered in the yeah, and That's that right, that yeah. sort of started us on the whole trail to the ghouls, and we went behind someone's house and underneath things. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I seem to recall we attended a, a lecture or something by Dr. Smith. Which that's right, that, that's the original, that's, that's session one. Because yes. Dr. Smith, Professor Smith, sorry, introduced himself at the auction and then just so the characters are aware of him. Um, so you don't get this, your good friend Jackson Elias scenario. You are not going to impugn the good name of Jackson Elias. Not right at that. Sorry, I'm not like Jackson Elias. Um, so yes so it's a good way of introducing and then whilst at the auction he invites the characters to a lecture at the Chanter Institute um, where he's basically discussing ghosts and manifestations and things like that and it's from there you get to know a bit more about him a bit more about his work he's a now I forget what this is is parapsychologist that's the word parapsychologist and that's where the scenario starts is he attended his lecture see what he's into and things like that and all of a sudden you get a mysterious letter from him mm-hmm. and then we get the, uh, the, the three people dying in one night that's right yes there's, there's, there's in Orient Express there's, three, yeah, there's, of, there's often several different strands going on in each sort of section you are some of them are builders are red herrings some of them are completely different scenarios not connected with the main scenario but are quite good scenarios in themselves so during the London section, you've got your interactions with Professor Smith, but you've also got this mystery of three people of the same name dying on the same night. I don't think you as a group really pursued that. I, I tried to, and then everyone else was, no, get on the train, get on the train, <laughs> mystery here, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so does that mean the way that it's structured, there is this mystery to investigate, but at the same time you're under the time pressure to get on the train? You are, because basically you get called... There's a fire at um, the professor's house, and he then... Um, he then his um, valet calls you to a very dodgy house in Cheapside, and you find the rather burnt and... Um, Damaged the Professor Smith lying on the bed, who then starts off the search for the Stephicar Simulacrum, mm-hmm. which is the main crux of the whole scenario, is the chase for this bit of Mythos artifact. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, what, what for everyone else was particularly good about this this section of the story? What, what, were there any good anecdotes or anything that made it particularly or notably fun? I made friends with a ghoul. That's, that, yeah, that's <laughs> what it was And came away with a book. Yeah, I got a fun book to read. Uh-huh. Excellent. Ban- uh, was it the Le- Lieber Tiniba, was it? Uh, no, it was called. Uh, yeah, it was Lieber Tiniba, but the Dark Yes, Which is basically called to go by another yeah. name. Yeah. Was it autographed? <laughs> I, I don't know, because it was in Latin and my character didn't speak it, so she didn't actually start reading it until a good sort of six months down the line when we yeah. actually got someone in the party who spoke Latin. <laughs> and even then, look what happened to him, but we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I, te- I tend not to play ghouls as mindless. Killing machines actually playing with a bit of intelligence, so they don't always just start throwing themselves at. He wasn't an ordinary ghoul, was he? he? Was only part ghoul. Well, he was a human human transformed ghoul. Yes, so they're always fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was quite an intriguing start to the scenario, um, with some kind of unexplained things going on. Very unexplained. Yeah. Oh, the 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 bit that I got was fun was. Partly amusing because how the hell they got, how the hell they left the body there for so long and no one noticed, was the body of the manservant in the library. Oh, the yeah. fact that oh yeah, there's just there's this guy sat over there in the middle, um, in the corner of the library. By the way, he's got no skin. <laughs> You've got an overcoat on and a big hat. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> this is London in the 1920s. People minded their own business then. You, you know, if someone still didn't have any skin. You, you don't comment on that. That's just rude. It's still, it's still rude even by today's standards. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good start because there were a lot of threads as well that you could follow up but uh, as you mentioned we didn't follow up the one about the three people being killed in the same night but there were a lot of bits that we could look into if we wanted to. Well, that's kind of cool having that scattergun approach because yeah, it, it means the players aren't going to get bored if they, you know, if, if they don't follow the right thread. Well it we prevents railroading the as well. <laughs> damn him! <laughs> what do you mean damn him? <laughs> well... You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> okay. Um, just as a, for the new version of um, Orient Express, in this path, there's actually uh, two extra scenarios um, which we never actually played through. Um, one of them because we wasn't available when we started playing, and the other one is a quite famous one called the Doom Train, which um, we just never, I just didn't feel was would have detracted from the main part of the scenario which was getting onto the Orient Express and going to search this the Stephicar Simulacrum and I say from the other actual plays though that got left out it's actually a very nice scenario but I don't think it's in the right position I mean can, this, can it be approached as a standalone? Oh easily yes yeah, and, easily. and it's included in the box set? It is yes yeah. So that, that's like a bonus you can play at another stage. It is, yeah. It is, it is supposed to be part of it. It's an optional. There's, there's a lot of op- optional extra scenarios now in the new. There's more than there was. So you left out some of the optional stuff and you still played for 19 months. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you eventually made it out of London and started heading towards Paris. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. 
false sense of security Paris God. it's all so easy it's going to be a really easy campaign bullshit <laughs> Paris was fine yeah it was, it was really yeah. fine that was the problem it was too, it was too easy so, so what did or didn't happen in, in Paris to give you this view of things it was a very easy uh, let's say it pretty much is designed to lull you into a false sense of security that you get the first piece of the Steph car similar from almost handed to you on a plate yeah, yeah. You do. it did seem very challenge free yeah. It was just one night, wasn't it? We played that in. It was one session. More I think so. Yeah. There, there is a there is a section on it which you avoided, which was mm. all to do with the um, the asylum, um, which takes you on to one of the other main protagonists in the story, which is Count Feminic. Von Count Feminic, who is a constant thorn in the side of the players all the way back down to just before Constantinople. Yeah. Um, and you find start to find out a bit of his back history. If you can look in the asylum, which he's hinted at several times, but the players, being players, are all very focused on getting the parts of this simulacrum. That's the part where I think it came up later, where you said, where I came up with an idea about, hang on a minute, is this particular NPC this other person we've heard of? I said, well, you don't know, you can't compare the two, but if you'd done something earlier on... (laughs) I think in the new version, because we were still, at this time, still playing the old version, uh, I think in the new version some of that has been altered, so you perhaps do draw yourself a bit more towards finding out who this mysterious person is who was the owner of the Sudefka Simulacrum in Paris one of the owners so you've mentioned the Simulacrum a number of times um, yeah, as I've said I haven't played this yeah. so well, what, what, what is the Simulacrum? Simulacrum is a life-sized um, statue that's split into five parts and basically six six <laughs> two legs yeah. two arms torso head yeah, sorry six parts and basically gives the wearer immortality and Invulnerability. Invulnerability and lots of magic points, and it's a very powerful artifact. Um, and has no downsides whatsoever? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the main, there are two main, I'm not sure there are two main protagonists in the whole scenario. There's Colt Feminic himself, who wants to have the Steph Cassimacron back because he's the one that lost it originally in, the, um, in France. And then there's also the Brothers of the Skin, who are looking for the simulacrum themselves and they nearly every stop on the Orient Express there is a small version of their cult I think there's only about two places where there aren't and they're forever trying to find bits of simulacrum as well I know I'm going to regret asking this but why are they called the brothers of the skin? And they tend to skin people and then put it onto themselves nice. and replace parts of their body and things like that with, um, with bits of the skin and they have magic to do that basically transplants they have magic to do transplants through um, prolong their own lives and things like that. Take other people's identities. Yeah, taking people's identities. Uh, a lot of their magic involves fraying of skin or removing of skin, which is why they call it. It's quite a nice touch in the scenarios or device because if you meet a friend and then the next time you meet him, he's got no skin and he's dead, you know you might meet him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know you might not have met who you thought you met the first time as well. This is true. Also, yeah. also, one good thing about them is you can throw in a few red herrings because of obviously the Great War and things like that, people have got scar, visible scars and visible injuries and things like that, so a few of the people they met who they thought perhaps were brothers of the skin weren't actually, they're just poor unfortunates from the war, so I mean, a bit like Cyril like Cyril yeah, I, think yeah. I, was <laughs> I was thinking about Bo with no hands he was great oh, the, the, the hobo. Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. come up so, so you went on from there to Lausanne um Yes, yep, I think that so. was the next yes. one down. Yeah, yeah. sorry, from Paris, yeah, from Paris, you meet a family who give you some information about perhaps another someone who knows more about the um, 
so death can actually react from because the other thing that's the whole purpose of the scenario is for the party to destroy the Stephanos Simulacrum. And the only way they can do that is by collecting all the pieces, taking them to Constantinople, into the Shunned Mosque, um, and with some scrolls and things like that they find along the way, that's when they that's how they're supposed to finish the scenario. Um, so and, we're told. Yeah. And going to the CERN, they're told that someone has one of the scrolls that they're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he'd been in correspondence with the guy whose house was built over Fenelik's old mansion. That's right, right, yeah. yes. So this is that the son was the place with the with the shop, right? With That's the, right, the Wellington yeah. yeah. Brothers, yes. They were pretty good fun, I thought. That was yeah. I quite enjoyed that bit. I like the Wellington mm. Brothers. And the, the duck. My god, the fucking duck. Some of them you'd love to hate. What, what made the shop good fun? Uh, I think it was just the, the kind of general intrigue. There were these two mm. brothers who ran an antique shop. Taxidermy shop. Taxidermy yeah. shop. Yeah, which is always oh, intriguing. Yes. Big bear with a fez in the corner. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of symbolism as well in that chapter, especially mm. when we did the because um, it goes into the dream world um, and the like the street with the wind blowing down it and the parade. There were yeah. all these little, nice little sort of elements which didn't mean anything on their own, but as the story progresses, you start to know what they, what significance mm. they have. They foreshadow cool. cool. the elements yeah. in later yeah. chapters. Nice. Yeah. Basically, the Wellington brothers, there's two of them. There's one who's um, basically a drug addict and has trouble sleeping because of his experience in war, and then here's his brother. Brother doesn't say anything, just sort of sits there with his hat on, and... Can't move his eyes independently, so when he looks at you, he moves his whole head. That's creepy. <laughs> yes, it is. And he's got a very odd-shaped head as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they meet um, another gentleman who's after the same scroll. Oh, yeah. The Duke or the, the Duke. Duck. Yes, yeah. he's a Frenchman. Um, who promptly murders the brothers Wellington. Was that the guy I spent the evening with? Yes, it was. Yeah, right. the guy who the talked for, yeah, the guy yeah, who talked that's for England. The duck. I'd forgotten that. Yes. No, that's the duck's friend. Ah. Oh, who, yeah, is, who is distracting? Yeah, who is okay. distracting? Who's distraction skill is at ninety five percent? Which is why <laughs> why you sat there being distracted by him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the, the the duck tries to get the scroll, kills both of the um, the, both brothers. the brothers, mm-hmm. and that's when you find um, a serum called basically a dream serum. Ah, yeah. And then the characters basically start taking drugs. So we didn't actually go. It's not the um, the, the the dreamlands as such. It's kind no. of a no, it's, it's a pocket, pocket dreamland that the, the duck himself has basically twisted through his own. Mm-hmm. Through his, he's also had the Sedefka Simulacrum at some point and he wants it back. The Jigsaw Prince, I think. So That's what he's called, yes. He's called the Jigsaw Prince in that area. And what's happened is because of the power of the Sedefka Simulacrum, it's altered a part of the dreamland in the CERN, which is where he is. Mm-hmm. And you have to take a green liquid to mm-hmm. go into. And we do. You do. And the, the NPC, the thing that I say, there's some NPCs you love to hate is that, from my perspective as a player running through it the first time, my God, that NPC is overstated and ridiculously powerful. It, it's it's unkillable. Um, we we ended up confronting him on the train at the end of the chapter. He just decided to randomly immolate someone in the middle of the dining car. Well, what would you do, Scott? What would you do? You'd get your gun out and shoot him, wouldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah I probably would. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of what I did. Uh, <laughs> in the dining car, and poor Matt having to go, how the hell am I going to resolve this now? <laughs> yeah, that was it's an interesting reasonable thing to do, I thought. Yeah. Well, what, what you have to do is basically, in the Dreamlands, you have to win a court battle with the duck, um, which you do, which through some roles and things, you do eventually win um, after the crowd has torn apart several people. Yeah. Um, and that's where we actually chase rules for that. So we were also running 
uh, version 7 as well, weren't we? So Yeah, so we were kind of playtesting 7th edition rules and Orient Express at the same, same time. time. So th- th- that was probably one of the earliest playtests for the chase rules then? Yes, it probably was actually. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, so the chase rules were one of the last things to come together. Yeah. Uh, this would have been um, the kind of autumn or spring before the Kickstarter went out, yeah. so that would have been when they were being worked on. Yeah, late, yeah. Two, late, yeah, late 2012. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so for that for that section, it did work, work really well. It gave a lot more pressure onto the trying to get back to the shop, which is sort of the gateway to the dreamland and the CERN. Um, you get you get back to the dreamlands. You take Edgar Wellington with you, who obviously probably disappears as yes. soon as you take him back out of the dreamlands. Um, but then you get the scrolls. Which is what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a scroll associated with each piece of the right. yeah. Some some of the bits is like head, left hand, no, belly. It's called the belly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And so then, as you were saying, you had the encounter on the train mm-hmm. with Duck, who just led to, people. Led, led to a long-standing hatred. My, my Thaddeus's goal originally was to kill that son of a bitch <laughs> uh, by any means possible. Take him down, and was paranoid when he turned up at some other point in the rest of the scenario. Typically, turn up after Paul Thad bit the dust. <laughs> <laughs> you have a thing about my character monologuing, don't you? Oh, yeah, I just shoot him, it worked. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't work with a duck, though, did it? No, but it just didn't have any magic bullets to shoot the son of a bitch with. But, so, so you, you shot someone in the middle of a dining car and left, uh, left everyone else to pick up pieces? Yeah, kind of. Well, <laughs> yeah. I had to surrender my gun to the uh, staff after that. Yeah, like that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to think it did work, actually. He disappeared, didn't he? Well, no, the gun, I mean, handing the gun over to the staff, like, that stopped us. Oh, well. <laughs> the thing I particularly remember in that Dreamslands section was the guy who, who had the magic hat. Oh, yeah. Yes. Singing to it, well, disappeared. Yeah. And then he put his left arm into it, That's and it, his yeah. right arm. Yeah. Didn't you, get, you got him to put his head into it? Yeah, he, he disappeared through his own hat, and I tried to put the hat over the duck to see if it would also vanish right. him as yeah. well. Yeah, that didn't, didn't work. No, he nearly killed me in a, hit, in a single just punch. Sat, just <laughs> he stood there with a hat on looking pissed off at you. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and then he killed me with a flick. Yes. <laughs> so, I, was all this happening, but uh, were you part of the game of the stage, Arthur? Oh, yeah, I came no. about a third of the way through, Okay, that was the same for you, Dominic. Uh, yeah. All right, okay. I thought we were being very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is about the all going, oh, no. <laughs> um, so, I was on the train, you met um, Castellini and Cavallero. Oh, uh, depressing, uh, yes. Who leads you on to the next scenario in Milan. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes. yes. So, we happened to meet an opera singer on the train who we get um, our lives become entangled with. Yeah. Who gave us a so subtly uh, veiled clue that we missed it completely <laughs> on the bloody train? <laughs> so what was that? Uh, she says one line in particular that you are supposed to, uh, that in theory you're supposed to remember when it comes to the Milan chapter. They said we go, we hapless players went uh, and consequently went. What the hell does this all mean? This makes no sense. <laughs> and then, of course, when when Matt gives us a prod to say, by the way, you remember this particular line that she said? It? Oh yeah. <laughs> Suddenly everything falls in place. Uh, in Milan, you get the um, first major real encounter with the Brothers of Skin, because um, they are, have got quite a strong faction in uh, Milan. Uh, and it's also you're looking for mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, deadly Opera House. Yes. <laughs> and the Chameleon as well. Oh, yes, I, I, I've heard you mention the Chameleon before. In fact, yes, I, I, I got a lift back from you that night, I think, and you spent most of the, of the car journey back talking about the bloody Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, motherfucking Chameleon. <laughs> so, so tell me about the motherfucking Chameleon. <laughs> what point does 
It was just frustrating. It was frustrating. And disappearing. And uh, it, it's a distraction, basically. It's like a, it's a magician's familiar that serves basically just to distract you and piss you off. And it worked very well. It was a singing chameleon, wasn't it? It was her singing the opera song, so we thought she'd turned into it. And it did appear in the... Um, in the mural and so on, I think. Yeah. 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 And also, there's a reference to masks there as well. Is there? Oh, yeah. There's a comedian in masks as well. Not when we played it. There was. Really? In the, yeah. Which chapter remind us? In the chapter in um, Kenya. You go and visit the chap in the Curly Whirly house and sit with him for hours. Oh, is that the one that melted yeah. Paul's eyes? I think so, yes. Oh, yeah. And you, can, you have to feed it and look after it. Why do you have to bring on my eyes again? Because <laughs> that's one of the memorable points of that whole campaign, was you going, oh, yeah. I'm going to work with this witch. Burn! <laughs> 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 when you look in the Kenyan chapter of Martin Lapatet, there's another comedian. Uh, so it's obviously on. a familiar thing that goes, that goes through. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, in, in, you go to the Great Opera House, um, which you eventually find out is where the torso has been used for several years as a dummy um, the killer opera house yeah the <laughs> players get a hint about which part they're looking for in each location by um, well, the kind well, of effects it's effects having, it's having on the area, city or on people and things like that like in Milan people have got very heavy chests there's a lot of coughing going about and things like that which tells you it's obviously the torso they're looking for mm-hmm. so yeah I think you just had a bit of a chase around the mad um it's the Indiana Jones moment mm. of the ball running down the corridor really running me over. Yeah. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. one of these kind of, you go into the, the big, behind the opera house and uh, backstage is the massive confusing tunnels and going every which way. Yeah. And then we got into some combats with uh, um, Brothers of the Skin. Then, yes, they are. They are Brothers yeah. of the Skin. Basically, yeah. the Brothers of the Skin have um, kidnapped um, the opera singer and swapped her voice out for the voice of their leader which is where the clue comes in that we had we had no idea why this was happening is because one of the lines that she says on the train is that whoever sings an aria in the opera house their dream will come true but you have to sing with a certain precision so brotherhood of the skin steals the voice box of the opera singer performs the song his wishes give me the sedefka uh, give me the part of the sedefka simulacrum and it promptly gets wheeled on stage <laughs> <laughs> nice That's right. yeah that was a nice combat we had. It was. I think, it's, I think it ran really well. Stage. It was short as well, which it was, was short. Yeah. <laughs> was it um, Milan where we met um, Fenwick? Or was that later on when he broke in through the window? Kratos, you were unaware that Kratos mm. met Fenwick in the hotel, yes. But that's yeah. when Paul started getting obsessed with garlic butter. And yes, I think crosses, yeah. Crossing himself <laughs> up every night with garlic butter. <laughs> I assume from that then Fenwick... Is Fenwick actually a vampire? Yes, Fenwick yeah. is a vampire. Um, he's, he's not completely a Bram Stoker vampire. He can um, operate in daylight, but a reduced powers. Um, so he can get on and off the train. And in a lot of ways, for a lot of the scenario, he is a bit of a guardian angel for the rest of the the investigators because oh, okay. um, what we met him in Trieste was wasn't yeah, it yeah there's a lot of times he deflects um, the brothers from the skin or other people or gives occasional hints as well um, because he wants the whole sort of cutting with Akram he doesn't want parts of it but but he's still using the investigators to do he's, this. Yes, he's he, using investigators. He'd much rather we found all the bits of it and put them together rather than he has to do it yeah. Yeah, but we, and also he, he is a stranger in a strange land mm. because the last time he was conscious 
before 1923 was back in the 1400s, mm. 1500s. So, so he doesn't really understand. He doesn't really understand what's happening a lot of the time. Yeah, we are the proverbial sheep across the minefield of Europe, mm-hmm. of which it was pretty much when we put the whole thing together, when you put the whole thing together as Anastasia, was when he then made his bid to take it. I think. But we're jumping ahead. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair way on. So, so speaking of jumping ahead, let's move to Venice, which I believe was next. That was Paul's favourite chapter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just lift this coffin. Ah! It went perfectly well until we uh, well we had some intrigue in Venice, didn't we? Yeah. Well, on, uh, on the train again, as, as it is with the Orient Express, you meet someone who's oh yeah who leads you into the scenario yeah. or another scenario within a scenario, um, and in this case, it's um, a young lady who's. Father's died. Mm-hmm. And it then becomes into quite a twisted love story, which my players completely ignored. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it was completely ignored, but... It was communist versus fascists, and we went, yeah, fight it out yourselves, you losers. We've got a job to do. It was a bit West Side Story in Venice, <laughs> was. really, wasn't it? Was. it? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. didn't seem too disconnected to our interests. We didn't seem involved in it enough to actually... <laughs> Why are we going? But then we, uh, it was her father's son coffin. We did attend the funeral. We did attend and the funeral. We heard yes. as the, the coffin's put on a boat and taken out to an island, and we hear movements in the coffin. Oh, so flags go up, something strange there. We need to get a boat that night. Get a boat. <laughs> what, what could go on going out into, into a deserted graveyard on an island, away from civilization, <coughs> in the middle of the night? To investigate so we, a strange noise. We find the crypt. In a coffin. Exactly. <laughs> Find the crypt, we creep in, everything's fine, there's the coffin. I'm gonna lift it down. Okay, says Matt. The, the two men, the t- yeah. two big brothers, decide yeah. they're gonna lift Give it down. Give me a strength roll, as long as you don't fumble it, it'll be fine. Famous <laughs> last words. <laughs> there ends Cyril Irvine. <laughs> well, well the well, coffin fell on him and killed him. Really? It, no, it, hurt. <laughs> it half crushed me, and then I was saved by Anastasia, who picked it up with the, the magician. <laughs> strength in the group just goes what's the problem just <laughs> lifts the whole thing uh, we then... one of multiple incidents like that oh. yes she was quite did we ever get strong. into the coffin I can't I think we broke it because yeah, we, we, we did right. open it and we went oh there's a body and we searched it and there was nothing there, was there nothing, nothing making this then we, we make her exit and um Apparently there's nothing else on the island, is there, Matt? Of course not. No. <laughs> not in the book, there ain't. Not in the book, there ain't. <laughs> so, keepers running the scenario, you might want to do what Matt did, which was... Um, as I've already said, I've got a bit of passion for ghouls, so we had some Venetian ghouls who also are very good at swimming. Very wet dead And very wet ghouls. So, these people on the grave island of Venice, messing about with bodies and messing about with their food supply... Rather pisses ghouls off a bit, so they decide, oh, look, fresh meat. <laughs> and I think, um, yes, one decided to make a meal of you. Yeah, so I never did leave that island. Yeah. So, so I, I think we put you back in the crypt that we just opened. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 managed to fight the ghouls off. We actually killed one of them, yeah. I think, because yeah. we yeah. shot it repeatedly. Yeah. I think one of the lines we came up with was something like, don't worry, we'll go back for his body later. Yeah, wishful thinking. Yeah, that never <laughs> <laughs> So, so I. What was actually the point of all that if there weren't ghouls or anything there? Complete red herring. Oh, right. The whole, the whole body moving about is just the body moving about. Uh, yes, because what's yeah. happening is there's odd things happening in Venice due to the um, influence of the Zedekasim and Akram again. Mm. And like the waves are very choppy, there's very foul stench. And that's partly due to the Zedekasim and Akram, but partly due to Fenelik because of his presence as well. He's also affecting the, the local area. 
And Tony Jeff, just a choppy, just a choppy boat ride, and the body shifts about a bit. <laughs> that explains the stench in the river now. Yes, oh, it's oh, Yes. Well, so, where, um, whereabouts was the uh, simulacrum piece? Comanche Dollworks. You have to go to the. The oh, that was the one. Is that the one where we set fire the, to it? The clock, yeah. With the yeah, one yeah. We, 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 and you have to basically I, I, do I a. I think it was one of the mannequins in the clock. What kind of Call of Cthulhu campaign is this where you can narrow down the number of places you set fire to? <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Well, I'm not playing. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, what, what's happened is um, uh, Venice is very known for um, doll making and things like that, and you go to the Gramenti Doll Works where they're now actually more working on doing um, prosthetics for veterans of the Great War, um, which of course immediately puts the investigators suspicion that the left leg of the significant simulacrum had been used as a prosthetic. Anyway, after a bit of accounting and looking through their records and talking, you find it's actually been used in a clock, um, which the characters go and see, because there's lots of... And again, there's more, lots more sim, um, hints later on in scenarios because some of the figures in this clock tower represent parts of the journey you were going on. Oh, I didn't recognise yeah, it. We just burnt it down. I'm sure we picked up on it at one did point because one of them was something, did, it was representative of Lausanne. I'm sure there was mm. something in there mm, yeah. that we picked up on part of it but we didn't really look too closely at it because everything started kicking off. And so tried to kill you as well, yeah. I think. Yes. Yes, there were, there, yeah, oh, those different figures represented all the different yeah. char- uh, characters, like the houses yeah. or something, little fonting. So you must have joined in Venice. I, I came then, in yeah. at uh, Venice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was it, because you had a good old beef with one of the sides in the fascist, uh, communist yes. attack. Yes, yeah. Uh, apparently I wasn't meant to draw a gun. But I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you brought a gun to a fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> As any sensible investigator would do. That happens quite often in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> So I think what happened with the with the clock tower is it, it all started. They, they sort of came to life and started trying to kill it. Was myself and who else was well, that they, there they with me? Do, they weren't doing it intentionally. It was the well, fact that it was the mechanism of the clock was yeah, like dancing clockwork. movement, just going back and mm. forth. But it just happened does like slice your head off in the process. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't doing it aimed at us, but it really did seem that way. Uh-huh. Um, mm. There was two of us up there, and then there was a lot of commotion going on downstairs because we weren't even supposed to be up there. So it was Vincenzo who dropped the lantern, wasn't it? That was yeah. Like, yeah. So, the, so we, we think oh. Cause a distraction up in this wooden bell tower. Let's just set fire to everything. We've got the leg. Let's just run for it. <laughs> and we got out of it. So like, sorry, I think there's a fire. Bye. And then <laughs> sort of ran back to the train. <laughs> your poor landmark, your prized treasure of the city. Oops. Yeah. yeah, I think I think when you were leaving on the train, you could just see this bright light burning. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think there were new newspaper articles about there you when we reached the next uh, <laughs> next town. Oops. Excellent. But before you reached the next town, you had first the flashbacks, didn't you? Yes. So, that, so these flashbacks are new things. They are. Flashbacks are, are new, new, completely new. Um, I think there's three in the... Yeah, three. There's an 1890s um, flashback, which can be used as a prequel. Um, oh. There's a medieval and dark ages scenario set in Constantinople, which is the next one. And there's also a Roman one as well. So you didn't you didn't play the the eighteen nineties one I assume no that, that, we were actually, that's one yeah. we because I was that wasn't available to us yeah. when we first started but we are it's quite a good scenario and I actually quite like it as a scenario and eighteen nineties is one of my favourite eras to play in so it is one of the ones we are going to run it we've got a few sessions left so we're actually going to run through that one anyway oh cool so okay. um, yeah Dark Crusader Constantinople in twelve oh four oh boy 
Um, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, basically what happens is you find, um, when you're searching in um, Venice, you find um, an account of uh, the sacking of Constantinople in 1204. Fourth Crusade, I think it is. It is the Fourth head. Crusade, yeah. Yeah. And there's two ways in the campaign you can do it. You do get a handout, which basically says everything that happens in that scenario in short terms, if you don't want to run the optional ones. But obviously, if you do want to run the optional ones, which you then, then can run through them as a, as a separate scenario, um, with pre-gens and everything else. Yeah, okay. Um, I, how does that work, though? Because if it, it sounds like there's a predetermined outcome. So what, what do the players actually do in that scenario? Um, they're set about looking for. Um, I'm trying to remember. So we, well, apparently, there's been some kind of relig- um, some kind of religious activity on the other side of Constantinople, and an item has been stolen. I That's believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's. Mm, uh, I, I, I won't hide it. I didn't particularly like this chapter. Um, it's very D and D. Very, very D and D. It doesn't feel like a Call of Cthulhu scenario in the slightest. Um, you're essentially given this mission to go across town and you're led from one combat scene into the next, into the next, which, on to give it a plus side, it does break the, um, the feel and tone of the rest of the campaign, so it gives the combat bunny something to do, it gives a break in, it's like kind of a bit of a rest really, just a different a different change in style. So this, is, this is what Mark actually said to me, that it was to do a change of style and also give some background to some of the things that happen in the main scenario. No, it, yeah. the, the end of it in particular does serve a point that it does, there is that kind of sudden realisation at the end of it where you go, oh, so that's what it means. But it's to get there is just essentially you play through one combat scene after the next okay. and come across come across a standalone monster that's more powerful than day one. I was going to say, is that the big horrible thing in the sewers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's remarkably overstated dragon that when you compared the stats against Dagon, it was more powerful than Dagon. But I think that has actually been answered. Now. Ah, there you go, perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say before, beforehand it was ridiculously. Well, well th- th- this is the point of playtesting. So, you, you know, by, by, by giving that feedback, you've, you've done you know, future players a service. Yeah. Also, I think an issue we had was at the start with the player characters as well. Because there were, oh, yes. Uh, yeah. We were summoned by the Roman... Uh, no. No. The, the, um, not Roman. The Venetian... Yes. Um, force. Well, so that's a quickly different force. scenario now. It's the, um, it's the Franks, actually. Yes, you're part of the Frankish army. There's a Frankish army and a Venetian army who actually sack Constantinople in 1204. Um, so we kind of uh, three or four soldiers and um, a woman that does the washing. There was one who was very tacked on and one that they hadn't done the background research for the character history because they gave you a pacifist knight, a pacifist crusader. Thankfully, that thankfully they did change that, so they yeah, actually put in a, 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 the Cathar heresy rather than the, yeah. the original heresy that they had from northern France that were pacifists. But again, this scenario does give hints for later on things that are going to happen later on. Oh yeah, it did. Uh, the, end, the end was there's, there's also there's the priest that you find who's locked yeah. up in one of the things. Something that happens to him later on, as we will explain, happens to one of the characters. And yeah, then it puts a, bit time, puts a bit of time pressure on you as a character because you know what's going to happen because you've played the optional scenario. Yeah, There's a combination in that tower um, you know, when we rushed up the tower towards the end and mm. discovered the guy. Um, it got the simulacrum, right? He was wearing it, I think. He was, yes. Yeah. He was wearing the simulacrum. That was good. And those kind of gargoyle things yeah. that flew down off the tower. That's right. That was the Death Car himself. That was a pretty good scene. Yeah, that was the Death Car himself. Especially when one of those flappy things came back at the end as well. Yeah. 
it, it was good for giving hints for the for the future of the main story, um, mm. but it, it is meant to be an aside. You know, it's it's, it's a one shot side session. It's not meant to be part of the the big picture, which I'm, is why I think it feels so differently from you know to normal Cthulhu games. It's meant to go quite quickly and be quite fast paced. And mm. they just could have done it with less combat scenes. Well, I think it'd be a chance to shoot someone who tried to monologue, which I was very happy. With. <laughs> <laughs> um, thing, thing it does, two things it introduces is one, it introduces um, a new item that's included in the new version, which is called the Minsahis, which is a, a knife that's used by the. Um... <laughs> that's my knife. Which is used by the Brotherhood of the Skin. Um, for some of their rituals and it's also used in conjunction with Steph Country Manacrum. Um that's completely new in the whole scenario so all the other little bits of that's been added in with a lot of the other ones um, and it also introduces Fenwick mm-hmm. as well um, in one of his guises he's a leper on a leper ship in this, in this scenario I, I think it's worth pointing out as well for anyone who may have been put off by some of the description here that you know if you've listened to earlier episodes, Matt's views on combat are perhaps not shared by the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking combat. <laughs> um, um, also, it's quite hard to run mass combats like this in Call of Cthulhu because it's not really designed for, especially for hand-to-hand combat. It works when you get the critical with your crossbow against the magic user. I thought that yeah. was quite good. <laughs> combat in Call of Cthulhu it's one of, it's one of those games where any damage is fairly fatal you know in, in games like D&D you've got a lot of damage mitigation and you know all sorts of bits and pieces that you can do to get rid of damage or stop yourself from taking it but which we had in this because we had tons of armor and shields and the combat's got dragged out for a long time yeah. we did we did have armor but part uh, the armor breaks yeah, eventually. You know, there, there, are, there are, you know, there are breaking points to the armor, and that is the drawback to combat in these systems because you're you're sort of drawn away from doing it because you know how much it's going to hurt if you do. There's a lot of historical sort of references in this scenario as well. Um, like the dragon is meant to be the dragon that St George slew. Um, of course, St George being a Turkish soldier. Actually. If he went up um, against that thing, he would have died. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he was so popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you take on Dagon next to Be a piece of cake after this. How do we know he didn't? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so um, <laughs> after your flashback, uh, you moved on to Trieste. That's correct. Yeah. Windy city. The yeah, very, very windy city. Oh, yeah, we're back to the chili again, Matt. <laughs> Uh-huh. We did have some bad food there, if I remember rightly. Oh God, the dinner! Yes, the dinner. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about the dinner. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I'll let that someone else talk about that. Oh no, I'm sorry, Matt. You've set it up. Oh. Explain the dinner. Right. The, this, this, happen, this happens a little way in that we decide. Um, I think this is after the point where we chase the hobo. Uh, that there was there were lots of there's lots of shifty behaviour that lead up to this point. That there's lots of NPCs that you see going around Trieste that are either following you and so forth. And one of them is this hobo with no hands. And, and no, no tongue. tongue. Yeah, and no tongue. <laughs> so uh, one of the things we ended up confronting him before the dinner sequence. Um, you can imagine that interrogation went swimmingly. So chasing the hobo isn't a euphemism. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but it's, 
the only way he could interact with us was <laughs> complete with the motion of flapping one's hands wildly <laughs> stumps rather in front of each other we, we wanted him as an NPC that we could turn into a PC but Paul died died <laughs> I think the GM did that deliberately so we couldn't make him into a PC later on see, see actually new, we were still playing the old version at this point because obviously I didn't get all the parts um, as we went on mm. <coughs> excuse me and the um in the new version, you actually go to his hovel and find out he is actually a Cthulhu investigator. <laughs> and he does give you a few more hints about what's happening in Trieste yeah. with the tunnels and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah. Take it off lightly. I lost both hands. But one, one of the things that happens is there's a, it's the ghost in the hotel, isn't it, that does this, that you go down oh, to dinner God. and everything's starting acting normally. And then it's like the scene from... Um, <coughs> Well, what's the, the second Indiana Jones film and the Temple of Doom where there's like eyeballs popping out of the soup uh, <laughs> there's the, the food tastes awful the table starts levitating um, basically the ghost screws with you throughout the whole dinner um, there was a lot of sand loss just from that one meal mm, nice. and of course we all run upstairs and get confronted by the ghost who goes right now I've got your attention <laughs> um, I'd like you to go and retrieve this amulet for me <laughs> what Which again, that? my, my precious. <laughs> my knife, my amulet. Uh-huh. And if only we've got the uh, the Kickstarter version, because in the Kickstarter version, and we've seen this at Gen Con, mm-hmm. you actually get a big medallion. Oh, the medallion about, of Ithaca. About the size of, of your palm. Um, yeah. But does it come with a ghost as well? It, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. if it does arrive, it's Paul's. But basically, you're told to talk to someone called Herr Winkleman who actually turns out to be dead. Oh, yeah, of course, because it's his statue that you go to. You go to this museum and have a word with him there. Uh, hang on a minute, it's his tomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you find him at the museum. Yeah, he died hundreds of years ago. Oh, yeah. okay. So we tracked it down to a cave. Mm. Some caves, right? With a train right. going in. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you remember the train, don't you? Yeah. That's oh, that's where you, where you bit the dust. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I. Yeah, I made it all the way through the cave. It was the way out. Was yeah. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. well, what, what happened there? Um, yeah, my, my health was so low that basically um, on the way out, a guy hit me. Like, literally, I don't know. Actually, he grabbed me. That was the action. He grabbed me and that killed me. So, um, <laughs> so, so his grab turned into like a you know, slit in my throat and I died there. And then so they left my body in the... It was either that or go back and get too dangerously close to the league or in the cave. That yes, but basically you work out that um, that part of the simulacrums in this cave system. There's all these sort of items in the stalagmites That's and right, things, yeah. isn't there? My spear in, in the lake. Yes. <laughs> We decided one, one way to get the vampire because someone got uh, like a zero one on their no vampire mythology role. <laughs> yeah. um, so oh yeah, magical artifacts would be great. So I went. In which case, I'm going to look. I'm going to look for a magical weapon. I got a zero one in my luck on my luck roll. So Matt uh, kind of instantly bites his tongue when he starts describing this spear. So it became lovingly referred to as the spear of destiny from <laughs> on it. But got carried around because I was thinking, yeah, I can take out the vampire with this, and then I can take on the duck as well on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and from Trieste, you moved on to Zagreb after that. Mm. Oh, 
my, my favourite section. I, I really, really, really I like Zagreb as well. <laughs> what is it that made Zagreb so good? The fact that Groundhog Day. <laughs> it starts off with a figure on the platform that goes through a monologue. The only person in the, in the game I think that went through a monologue that I didn't shoot, but I tried my best to interrupt the son of a bitch every time he did it. Um, he go. He, basically, he identifies you by name. And then, but it's right. I'm going to lead you on the. I'm lead you through the streets of Zagreb. Um, and show you something that's already changed your mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. Certainly, certainly changed yours. Yeah. And gave you a whole bucket load of mythos in the process. Um, one of the things that um, we did the first time was it's two o'clock in the morning. Piss off. We go 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 back to bed. We don't need to get off here. We, this isn't. This place is not on our list. Because what happens half an hour later after you go to bed? Next stop, Zagreb. <laughs> back in. <again. laughs> No, New Athletech wasn't going to let us get away with it, uh, get away with it that easily. Because that, that is the merry gentleman walking you through the streets. Nice. Yeah. Um, including there's the wonderful section that you described as, it needs no description, it's just... Battle between frogs and mice. Yes. <laughs> this, this sounds very uh, Jodorowsky. Oh, yeah. This, this, this is the opening section to the Holy Mountain. Um, yeah, every, every the whole similar. scenario is based on someone who I don't really know called Thomas Ligotti. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yes. one of my favourite writers. Yes, he, he's the whole scenario is based on his work. Oh, excellent. So, okay. I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan of Dreamlands at all. Never have been. Never really run. And a lot of people... In the original version of this, most people avoided running it. Um, but now it's been reworked by Mark and Penelope. Yeah, so as Mark, Matt says, it runs really well. I found it really easy to run, even though I don't like running Dreamlands. And it's just basically it's a it's a section after section of images, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, the whole thing gives you. You have to think about it to start. And it took a little. It took a couple of minutes for it to click with me. But everything is a metaphor for the history of the Sedefkar simulacrum, and it's more specifically gives you insight into the people of why they want it, how they wanted it, who had it previously, and gives you all the history. But say it is metaphor, and you have to think about it. And you have to put the whole thing together. It's a very cerebral exercise, nice. and it's, I just love the whole. It ran over it's what, right two sessions. Street, Matt. You love that kind of yeah. The, 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 it was as if it was it was as if it was written for me. It was exactly the kind of thing I love in a one shot. I have to say that um, it was really fun to play. But without Matt there, I would have been completely lost <laughs> because uh, having played the game for several months by this stage, um, all the symbolism just was completely just completely lost in time really because you got to points and it's like oh this represents something I either hadn't seen or just could not remember at all and so without mm-hmm. sort of Matt there it, it, I, it was still really fun to play and the, uh, and the symbolism in some of it was amazingly complex really it must have been very hard to think of let alone actually sort of um, you know realise what they're, what they're trying to, to tell you but it, it, uh, my, my only complaint really would be that some of it was just too too complex, but it was still very fun and interesting. So, so in a, se- in a section like that, where there's there's so much decoding to do, or there, there's there's so much resting on the the um, the player's ability to decode this, mm. what happens? They just fail completely. <laughs> um, well, it still runs through, um, and you eventually find the man in black. Mm-hmm. who then offers you a choice basically and he does a lot of basically uh, mythos downloading he gives you the ultimate monologue yeah. <laughs> plugging your finger into the mythos socket really yeah 
Um, you can just keep running and until you think your brain will go squishy. <laughs> Most people run away very quickly when they work out what's happening, but Paul starts to sit there. And... Dr. Valentine was fine. <laughs> you, you took away his medallion. Have, have you got the knife by this stage? No, that's in the next chapter. Oh, yeah, get my knife. Um, his medallion had been stolen from him, so he just plugged himself into the mythos socket for a while. Yeah, and yeah. feel better. The so, Altertip essentially gives you a download of this is the nature of the universe. This is your insignificance at the core, of, of your little speck of dust floating around the core of Azathoth. And the longer you stand there, the, basically the amount of minutes you stand there equates to how much sanity you lose and how much mythos you gain. This Pratt just decided to sit here and go, more, more, more! <laughs> Stop at a certain point. So, so basically it's the total perspective vortex. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, Matt. You're, you're, you're criticising someone else <laughs> for doing this. <laughs> I knew when to stop. <laughs> he just kept on going. <laughs> so where next? Vancouver, unpronounceable. Apparently, it's pronounced Vancouver, unless of course oh, it's not. I suddenly remember what this. We were having trouble trying to think what this section, what this section was beforehand. Um, this is the pig-headed boar man thing, isn't it? At the um, yes, this, this is where the lodge came from. This yes. is a, this is a new scenario to introduce the knife to the the whole campaign. Um, it's not part of the original scenario, um, but yes, it's. Introduce the knife and introduce your character to a new leg. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> an, an experience. Are do you join by the stage? All no. oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he did join very late. I'm, 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 I'm one of the dream sequences. Okay. What the, what the next flashback? All right. In which case, it's the next section at least. So you're not going to be sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, it's, the, it's the Roman flashback at the end of this chapter. Right. Um, basically, the train gets. Um, there's a lot where they are by this time is um, the Balkans, where there's a lot of, as there always is in the Balkans, a lot of um, anarchy and people disrupting things. So um, they get along. A lot, a lot of uprisings, and they keep delaying the train and things, and that's why you end up in Bincovich. And you, yeah, you start looking at. Um, What's happening there? I'm just trying to remember. It's very, very much a trail of going around a trail of breadcrumbs that you yeah. follow. Ultimately, this again was felt a little bit dissatisfying that you follow this trail trying to find a particular NPC, only to find out he's dead in the forest. Oh, um, I like that. It's quite intriguing as to quite what happened to him. I think. Well, that's, that's when a woman. This is when a woman. I'll just runs up to me as the one you've got the highest appearance. Therefore, you're yeah. the you're the, you're the yeah. good-looking guy here. Yeah, she's being followed, isn't she? It's yeah. her father who's discovered a tomb. Yeah, it, it drops you into a it drops you into a combat situation from the word go, and then uh, then leads you on a trail of breadcrumbs from there. It, mm. Again, had our yeah. hotel room broken into. Yeah, mm-hmm. happens a lot. Yeah, as <laughs> we have travel insurance in this, there's a reason yeah. why we sat on watch for most uh, most uh, sections. We end up carrying out a raid on the um, the kind of um, well, what can we call it? Kind of research. <laughs> research. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Yeah. Frankenstein's laboratory. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, we, we are Dr. Frankenstein of glass. Well, we had a bit from everywhere, didn't we? <laughs> we were, our hotel was attacked by something with gorilla legs or something like that. Head of a pink body of gorilla, legs of um, something else, a goat, but in a cloak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that had very good clients I think he actually did he actually um, abduct your character no your character? no he just knocked down his door we went there voluntarily no yeah. you and I went there um, yes to check out the, uh, the place and you, you mm-hmm. climbed over the wall I yeah. got captured <laughs> 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 you went back to the way 
operating cab and went, right, we're leaving. <laughs> drive, drive. I'll come back for you later. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I couldn't run so fast because I'd been shot in the leg. So, um, <laughs> so he just left me. And, and, and you, but you've got another leg. Yes, yeah. yeah. So and when we came back to get him later... When we came back to get him later, yes, he was there on, in, the, in, the, in the hospital bed. Yeah. Uh, they thought, uh, yeah, they, they thought, let's save him. I was like, no, let him finish the operation first. At um, least otherwise I would have been like one-legged. It was a human leg, wasn't it, I think? Yes, yeah, yeah but it was, a, it was one size too small. <laughs> <laughs> so it's also a bit short, so you've got to hop me along. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit shorter than your original yeah. one. <laughs> Can't complain too much. Though. No, yeah, <laughs> we got on a hill. But basically, this, this doctor's found this knife that um, enables him to do transplants. And he's been creating these creatures of mix of creatures of gorillas and lynxes and pigs and all sorts, and then wants to start doing it to humans. Um, he's actually he's actually not inherently evil. He's actually just trying to help the world by doing something that is impossible. He was but doing a bloody good impression. Of being evil, <laughs> well, he was very much Frankenstein character, wasn't he? Yes, very much so. Yeah, um, and then so there's also, there are a couple of mythos tones there. I think you find as well as. Did we? To find the knife as well. Well, the knife, yeah. You didn't, you didn't get a whole many books, so we must have missed those completely, because you would have been sat there stroking them all the way down on the track. Oh, well, the blue no, knife. he got the knife. It was oh, fine. Yeah, definitely, yeah. He was happy with that. Oh, that was... Was that when we also found out about the knife? We, we There were two directions to track it, because there was the... Uh, there was the, the, the person who was going to destroy it, but then they didn't. And uh, That's right, yes. There were two places to go, which is why we ended up splitting up. Yes, because there was a cement works. Yes. Oh, yes, yeah, because it was the guy right. who died in the forest that was trying to destroy it, but yes. then he was, he was killed before he could. Yes. <laughs> um, and you had a choice whether to keep the knife, which... Yeah, that character was right. Yeah, Paul, Paul, also, the, the knife does have a bit of influence and doesn't want to be destroyed. <laughs> and so... I think if I, I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gollum. Yes. <laughs> Um, and the other part of this scenario is you also do get onto the next flashback because yes. this tomb that's been um, excavated with all this stuff it's found in it one of the things there is a um, it's a manuscript for a Roman legionary expedition into what is now modern day Turkey yep. which leads you on to the next scenario mm-hmm. if so, you want to run it Yes. so th- this is a flashback Set in 330 AD? Yep, just as Constantinople is being um, created. Or Nova Roma, as it's meant to be. But everyone calls it Constantinople because it was created by Constantine. Constantine. Constantine, yes. Um, Basically, you're an elite auxiliary unit in the Roman army. One day away from retirement. One day away from retirement, as it is. Yeah. Well, I've got with picket what? fences. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were you also too old for this shit? <laughs> yes, they <laughs> were, yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's a sort of a bit of a dirty dozen sort of scenario, really, isn't it? Um, and you're sent, there's something, a plague happening in uh, part of modern day Turkey, and the characters are sent there to um, find out what's going on. Um, they don't get much um, help from the locals. Help? They couldn't even spell help. Let them, let them <laughs> well, we were expecting about three legions, and you got seven of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, given the amount of uh, the amount of bad guys that they had to go up against, they would have needed three legions. Uh, the, problem, the, problem, the thing about this is, obviously, being a militaristic scenario, you are under military rule, which means you have to follow the 
instructions of your leader. Yeah, um, the MPC leader. The MPC leader, which wow. is you are then sent off obviously to independently to your own heathens after the base, and you go off and have a look for what's happening. I thought this started very well with the uh, the kind of setup. Once once we got to the the base in in Turkey, um, and the the kind of disease that was happening, we went mm. out and saw that big pile of bodies in the ditch. Mm. The, the weird thing, things yeah. sort of happened. And Happy things. The monster yeah. thing that came out made of human skin was really good. I thought mm. that, was, that was really effective, and it wasn't. It didn't feel like overly combat heavy or anything. Um, and then we kind of pick up the trail and followed it. Out over miles yeah. and miles into the, the I don't know. to a cave, wasn't it? We well, before before that was the, the town that was taken over by the oh, army. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, ultimately it was, the, it was, town, it was yeah. the, the kind of enemy encampment, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I felt it went a bit downhill sort of rapidly. Stage. Yeah, you, you've, you're put against overwhelming opposition. I mean, overwhelming. You are seven people against an army, but you're kind of being a witness to it there. Yeah, you? you're, you're not meant to what. What the scenario intends you to do is basically run away as quickly as possible back to the back to the base and help defend the base a la Zulu style. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we figured we'd all die if we did that. So yeah, yeah, we yeah. just went. They're all going to die. Run. <laughs> yeah, so we the way, the, way, the way the scenario actually runs it, it does actually give you. There's a quick. There's actually a set of rules of how to run the attack on the. The base. I think Which the I'm base actually survived, actually. Indeed, yes. yeah, we, word we that the base them, survived. Yeah. We gave them forewarning, so yeah. yes, they were... But they were you, you actually did your job, because you're actually meant to be scouts, which yeah. is what you were, and you actually followed the trail back to where the yeah. where they, they came from. The base itself was really nice. It would mean it was described like Scott's, door, um, Scott's bedroom in, pla- in parts. <laughs> it was really horrific. I don't know, this is what's scary. <laughs> Every now and then I do wake up because of strange noises. <laughs> There's Matt hiding in your wardrobe. <laughs> don't mind me. Is your bedroom based on the Vorish Temple? Well, now you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Dominic, this was the point at which you came in. Yeah. So, how the hell was it coming in three quarters of the way through this, <laughs> having the, this this huge hi- bit of history just dumped on you? What, you you think we told him this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How was it not having the back? <laughs> well, welcome to Call of Cthulhu. I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, take a character sheet. Try not to die. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Uh, <laughs> I, there are a lot of kind of um, throughout the story so a lot of sort of um, allusions to previous stuff which I didn't get completely but uh, there you go um, but yeah it's, it's okay I'm feeling your pain this evening <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically the characters go into this this Warish temple um, find a few things out and then the army returns that's that's probably the one the major criticism I had of that one of any of the bits, the least favourite part of the entire campaign was that scene. Yeah. The fact that um, basically some, something has to happen to make the, make mm-hmm. the scenario end work. Yeah, um, so it's it is backstory that it is based. Um, the Legion commander is Fenelik, right? But to do that, this is Fenelik's origin story, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But we had stormed in we had we got the like head cultist for want of a better word we were nailing him we were throwing down uh, a load of damage the guy comes in and kill wars you and basically kills the NPC before you get the chance to and that really 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 he's, annoyed me he's a true Roman hey, hey, hold, on, hold on no that was good because I was I was um, I've been turned to the good side 
And so we had we had you we had you looking up we had you reading all the mythos off the wall. <laughs> no, no, I had good influence on me. I ended up stopping one of the other PCs. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your problem was. <laughs> I, I managed to survive. My the over, came out well. I, I survived the over, overly designed to hey pick up dice and kill you poison attack to go. I'm alive. Stab. <laughs> Bastard. Well, what happens is is the main protagonist in the scenario gets killed by the Legion captain, who then gets covered in his viscera and his blood and everything else, and that basically turns him into a worshipper of this this. Um, the god, which also turns him into a vampire. And then he murders all the um, player characters. Did, did you not get the note saying, don't drink the wine? <laughs> that, that's what Matt gave me. Funnily enough, no, because he gave it to his worshippers. Yes. The, the, the thing that I think would have made that whole chapter, uh, well, per, in that sense, perfect, would have been that regardless, that happened to the person that strikes the killing blow, and if it happened to be a PC, even better, they become Fenelik. That is where the backstory comes from. But for just the NPC to come in and kill Hall, another NPC, and you get to sit and watch, no, it, it just really, really, really got on my nerves. <laughs> I, I, I'm sensing a certain degree of animosity here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I was well, like, perhaps I could have played that scene better, but it was... No, it's not, I, at this time, I was also reading off playtest notes as well, which is... I will admit it's quite hard to read off playtest notes and it is I've got the originals the proofs now yeah. and it is actually reads much easier because a lot of the time I know there was a lot of time where I was having to flip back and forth <laughs> to find character stats or little bits of information that were important of course it hadn't been laid out properly by that time but but in the meantime Matt a couple of deep breaths and, yeah. and let it go <sighs> let, let, let the cottages <laughs> right so be- Belgrade yeah <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Go on, you take the lead on this. Yeah, so, oh, so. no, someone, someone else do the intro. No, no, no. Tell, tell. My character, Rebecca, joins at this point, doesn't she? She's yes, yes. Yeah, she's been playing in the flashback. In, you were in the flashback yeah. and then you came into the modern yeah, day you, party. Yeah, you were, you were the, the assistant in Belgrade because you can speak the language. That was good. Which helped immensely. So, so I, I wasn't there for the very beginning of Belgrade, so how did we actually get onto the train? The other train. Uh, we, ori- we originally ended up going because we needed to get a permit to remove and uh, remove the Zedefkar artifact from uh, from the, the Belgrade area. And thanks to someone having you no know, speaking the lingo, flashing her eyelids, uh, uh, flashing her eyelashes, and generally doing a, a very good persuade role, basically went, "Hey, I have all the paperwork that you need." Yeah. Yes, sir, yes, yes, you do. Right. In which case, you need to go off. To, um, you need to go and get the item from my dear old mama relative yeah. grandmother in the woods. Yes, oh, my grandmother God. who finds bits of statue and things yeah. and, and sells bits them. Of, yeah, yeah, things and provides again, them. Again, the again, this thing with the brother of the skin, the person who gives out the um, gives out the permits has got disfigurement and scars and things. So again, those characters are wondering, is he or isn't he? Um, which is, I said, thing that goes all the way through. But yes, it's meant to last a lot longer. But Rebecca's character just rolled through a couple of dice and got a permit. So, yeah. so we just, oh, you come back in a matter of a couple of hours. I was expecting you in a couple of days. Oh well, you still combated that bureaucracy. <laughs> um, at which point we then yeah. say, right, you're going off to this little town out where yeah, the revolution the professor, started. The professor you meet tells so, you that he gets a lot of his statuary from this person in this village. Yes. So when I'm coming back the next week, it's like, come on, we're going out to this house. Well, why are we going there? Oh no, it's fine. That's where we've got to go. That's before the incident on the train. After the incident on the train. The, the side tra- the, the lesser train that you take. Not the, not the Orient Express. This is on the shitty little train that you're taking through the backwaters. Yeah, yeah. Little branch line, you know, third class. Lots lots of people with their farm animals and things like that. And Excellent. Then- 
Yeah, let me turn up at the village. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a lot of strangeness going on in the village, but we didn't really get into get get into what was going on until after we'd been to the house. Didn't I don't we? know. Jeff, Jeff tweaked. Of... Jeff, Jeff tweaked okay. because he went. Hang on a minute. We all need to get out of here. Um, because he would uh, peer back to a little whisperer in him. By the way, they're all protecting everyone against Shabnigarath, as he was the only one to pass his Cthulhu Mythos role. Yeah. Uh, there, there was basically um, a ritual performed in this village by the local gypsies, where a young woman goes round and is doused in water at every house, giving gifts, and eventually gets more and more naked. Um, and Jeff's character had some Cthulhu Mythos by this time and was able to work out that it was actually a ritual being performed. Um, and then they send you off into little, the woods to go and see Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is where I joined back in, right? Yeah. Was this the Baba Yaga beat? Yeah. It was indeed. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's slow back for Grandma. Jeff decided to wait outside, didn't he? I think. Yeah. I, I waited outside as well because I was sensible. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just point out, I was one of the ones that went into the house. Um, Anastasia started this scene with 37 sanity. Yeah. When we left the house, and by leave I mean I jumped 30 foot from the house and then ran screaming through the forest around. while he was chasing me, um, I left the scene with two sanity. So 35 sanity in the space of a about 20 minutes. Yep. Yeah. So was this the full Baba Yaga experience where the hut grows a little yep. a couple Ooh, of chicken yes. legs? And... That was after she tried to feed me to the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm. I think it's, it's got goat's legs, this one. Yeah, this it, one's it got, goat's it's got goat's legs. legs. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a cross between the two. It's, it's, it's yeah. an avatar of essentially. So yeah, yeah. there have to be goat symbology in this. And this was and the, this you was the flashing D20. Yes, you, you, <laughs> yes. you ended up quite badly in that scenario as well. I'll some sand in there and then I think my... Dr. Warner was on about 18 Sanity, yep. and Jeff got uh, the uh, the flashing D20, which I've never seen him use before or since. No, he's never, he'd never rolled it up until that point. And he's got it in a special plastic box, gets it out and says, this is amazing, it flashes, uh, it's got a light in it, it flashes, if you roll a 20, it gives it to me to roll my D20 sand loss, and you know what, it flashes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking me down to minus two seventy, <laughs> waving my shiny blue knife, I've run off into the woods screaming. I'll get you, Herbert. I'll get you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, never yes, to be I'll seen be... again. Also, yeah, I think the backstory of uh, Doctor Warner was that he had been a um, student of um, um, Herbert West in the, in the First World War trenches. Uh, so he particularly liked having the knife because it, it would allow him to you know join bits onto people and you know. Carry on, Dr. Cross's work. And graph goat legs onto hats and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the scenario is very sanity heavy. Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> Not only have you got Baba Yaga herself and her house, which of course sanity loss, you've then got four dark young as well. Oh, which, which, oh we, managed, we, managed, we managed to avoid them, thankfully, but the house still did chase the train. Don't forget that. Yeah, we get back, the train. On the, back on the train, everything's fine, okay. Look out the window. Seen you looking out the window. There's a house chasing us. <laughs> At that point, we were all just like, draw the cut. Um, to deal with the dark king, you do have, do get some of one of the villagers, don't you? It's the whistle, I think. Isn't it's it? the whistle, yeah. yes. Oh, wasn't one of us given that? Were you given that? No, it was um, Kratos that Kratos uh, that got it, and it yeah. was the mother, like uh, kind of noddingly approving, having taken the thing away from her child. Um, of course he blew it it exploded or shredded his hand in the process but thankfully we didn't have to deal with Dark Young yeah you can basically confuse them enough that you can actually run away yeah cool and so after that you moved on to Sophia 
Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. No, no, this, you, you died know. after Sophia. Oh, was it after Sophia yeah. that I died? Okay. Yeah, you, you died about one scene after I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did that thing first. Yeah, okay. So, so Sophia's a bit of a meat grinder, is it? Oh, yeah. So, well, what, what is it that makes Sophia so bloody? Uh, don't lose your hand. Oh, no, don't lose your eye. That's, that's the key to that. There was oh, more, yes. more things attacking us in hotel rooms. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> more being raided in the hotel. Something comes in. Runs off with uh, Matt's eye. It was hands, wasn't it? Hands attacked us in that one. Yeah, Allah, welcome, they tried to, yes. yeah, they tried to strangle us and all sorts of things. Uh, thing, yeah, yeah. And, thing. Yeah, and it plucked what? Plucked an eye out? It, it literally plucked my eye out, waved it in front of me like na 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 na, and then runs away. Nice. So then we have got a quest for Matt's eye, <laughs> <laughs> and you could occasionally see flashes of what it was seeing, yes. couldn't you? No. The, I really like this bit, even though it was. I was down to three sand by this point, so it really wasn't looking too good. Um, but it was that kind of really edgy, gritty look. We're on a time frame here. I don't care. Just do what it takes to get the eye back. Because if you don't get it back in twenty-four hours, you die. Right. This, this was the, oh, this was the flashback. Off. Yeah, yeah. But then, part of one, part of the way through, you start to see flashes of a certain vampire killing all the cultists, killing the sorcerer, effectively doing our job for us, effectively acting as the guardian angel part there. So then the eye socket heals over and the top the clock stops. Think, okay, what the hell just happened here? Of course, then we go to where he's committed said massacre and walk straight into the whole nest of vampires that he's made in the process. <laughs> Meat <Nice>. grinder. <laughs> yeah. And promptly that was where Thaddeus bit the dust. Yeah, basically, to try to escape the, the cave system is even with the forces you've got with you, which is the local special police force, who are armed to the teeth with various submachine guns and. But, but not crosses and garlic. No, no, that's what, that's what Kratos had. Yep. <laughs> Just the, back on the garlic butter. Oh, we, we had garlic butter at every stop. <laughs> we, we were smothering the Sadefka in that thing. Yeah. Basically, it is, it is very reminiscent of um, the aliens mm-hmm. mm. under the atmospheric processes. <laughs> coming out of the walls. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as I say, I think I think the, the, the flashing from the eyes is very good way of introducing mm-hmm. it. Um, it just goes into a bit traumatic. It's, it's a very, it's a wonderfully atmospheric lead into it, but then the end is a almost unsurvivable meat grinder. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't have more. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't have a TPK to be honest. So, so how many did survive that? Um, all but me. All oh, right. Because only you were saying your character didn't get out of sphere, but that, uh, that's that a little bit later. No. Oh, okay. um, did we get? Was it the head? We yeah, got it's the head. Then. And we, the we got the, we got the other arm. Us. Yeah, but by this house. point, yeah, you've got the left arm, you've got everything, yeah, you've got left yeah. arm, everything from the head was the very last the head part. was the very last bit. Yes, because this is the penultimate chapter, isn't it? Yep. Well, kind of, it's the penultimate location, not the okay. penultimate chapter. Mm. Yeah. So then on to Istanbul? Yeah, well, the stuff uh, happens on the train between. Uh, and yeah, the stuff between Sophia and Constantinople. Which is I think you went here. I, I met my unfortunate end on the train um, oh, got yeah. woken up in the night I, I, by this point I was very low on sanity and had got a bit obsessed with the arms and was sleeping with the arms and not <laughs> letting go of them and went a bit my precious a bit like Dr Valentine over there um, I, I don't know whether it's healthier or not doing that with an arm rather than a knife it's uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> at least a knife's kind of more socially acceptable I suppose you can claim you're using it to defend yourself whereas why are you sleeping with two arms yeah. that aren't your own <laughs> <laughs> yeah. those arms were quite good weapons though 
I'm sure they, they were used to hit people with at some well, point. They certainly did. did. I, I'm sure I did beat someone up with one of them. Yeah, we beat vampires because they were magical weapons. Yeah. Oh yes, of course we did in the cave. Yeah, I did hit vampires with with, well, the, with one of the arms. In the train. This is yeah, the, the train. this is the culmination of all Fenrir's plans. Is is the scene after Sophia? Um, because they, they have the whole death passing back from and most of it, point. most of it was in my room. Um, yeah. Suddenly, get a calling to open the window and got ripped out of the window by the count and thrown off the train. Yeah, there's some bits of your arms were left and your head yeah. made appearance later as well. Yeah. And he didn't get the simulacrum because I never invited him in. I think he wanted me to hand it through the window, but I said no and ended up paying for it. Yeah. Nice. So, so you didn't actually assemble the simulacrum. Uh, you just we didn't want to, did we? Yeah, I think you did put it together. I think I put it together yeah. at one point. But nothing actually happens if you put it together. Oh, okay. But um, it was there's so many rituals to do with it before it actually empowers you to do anything. So, but it does have an influence mm. on you all the way through the scenario. Um, it's one of the, the good things that have changed. It's the old... Um, the old version had what's called the baleful influence. Oh yeah, which, the luck and penalties and such. Which yeah. gave you a yeah, lot of penalties. The more of the simulacrum you got, the heavier the penalties was. And mm. by the time you get to Constantinople, it's it was it's, minus five it, for each piece, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're getting up to minus twenty-five penalties. But minus, minus thirty by the end of minus it, minus six yeah. parts. And yeah. that was yeah. yeah. intelligence, education, intelligence, education, and luck. I think was the three. That's great. So it was, yeah. it was quite horrendous, but yeah. they've actually changed it to a much more realistic um, problems now. It's the person who actually first touches the item starts to get issues. So if they touch the left arm, they start to get issues with the left arm, and then that starts. Yeah, to... they were much better. They were much more kind yeah. of story-based things yeah. that were happening rather than just the mechanical yeah. you know, number effect. And yeah. the whole story yeah. as well. You're getting growths on your arm, or yeah. Mm. I also quite like the idea that it becomes a case of, well, I don't want to pick it up. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. By the time you start learning this, by the time you've got sort of the torso or whatever, and you start having problems, no one wants to touch the simulacrum. Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is basically, it's, it's sort of horror in the Orient Express with Fenelik killing passengers and demanding the simulacrum. Yep. Unfortunately, through the scenario, there's a lot of hints of how to defeat Fenelik. Um, all, all of which you ignored? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we killed him. We clubbed him to the death with a couple of legs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Smothering garlic butter. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the Bradford players also played for Horror Horror Express, did exactly the same thing with garlic butter and smear it over the two left in that crew. Completely independently. <laughs> so, so we're not mad. <laughs> The role players all just thinking along the same lines. If it's not fire, it's garlic butter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is a very tough NPC to defeat. Very tough. He's exceptionally yeah. tough. You know, that's the whole point. He mm. is. Um, yeah. They, they expect you to lose at least one character. Well, it's more in a dictator to you that you will lose one character. Oh, yeah, we did. Which is, which is what happens. That was because we shot him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of a Mexican standoff with my new character, didn't we? The <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. part of the session, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I sh- uh, Kratos shot me and I was going to shoot you, but yeah. Kratos so, shot me again, uh, I think. What, was the... what actually led to this, this standoff? Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you led to it going mad. You turned up again. Uh, my previous character, yes. uh, sadly I wasn't there that week, but um, Dr. Warner, Dr. Valentine um, turned up. Um, in his crazy state with his knife. Has he got his knife? Yeah, he yeah. did have his knife. 
Did he not get a, a champagne bucket or something jammed on his yeah. head? Yes, he did. One of my best roles in this whole campaign was putting a bucket on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very effective. Fantastic. Yeah, because he ripped out the throat of the maitre d' previously, hence why the bucket went on his head. Yeah. Oh, he was like, I've got this knife away from you, sir. Can you please sit down? <laughs> So, so how did this lead to Benoit getting shot? Matt's character sort of uh, led, a, led a hunt for um, someone on the train who wasn't what they seemed to be. They were someone yep. wearing someone else's skin, I think. Um, but I, I was a staff member on the train, and from my point of view, I just see him leading a witch hunt against my colleagues for no apparent reason. Uh, yeah. So I pulled a gun on him and yeah, I told him not we, to do that, at which point Kratos shot me. Yeah, so, we, we found one of the... Uh, was the attendants, I, kind of by process of elimination... We worked out the only place that the vampire could be was basically on the back foregone. Hmm. So, right, he's down there then. And of course, we wander down there, and then there's a member of staff that stops us going through there who has the same vacant look as Dr. Valentine does. So, they, I had it with subtlety, shoot him through the eyes, move on. <laughs> and that's where someone in the field went, You shot my work colleague! <laughs> yeah, what the hell do you think you're doing? <laughs> Which, you know, in all fairness, is quite a logical step to take. It is, yeah, and no wonder you got shot. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, Benoit lasted a long time. <laughs> uh, and then I, th- that bloodbath took you into Constantinople. Yeah. I think we also lost Rebecca in the fight. Yes. Fenelik. We did, yeah. yes. Oh, basically, what, what happened to her? Basically, they ended up in the foreground with Fenelik's um, coffin. coffin. Mm-hmm. And you were emptying it, and you got rather pissed off at you doing that. Oh, didn't you? And... <laughs> Yeah, I think Rebecca just got gutted, didn't she? Yes. I mean, we'd, we'd pretty much almost killed him by then, hadn't yeah. we? And he just got a shot at me, and yeah. that was it. <laughs> Ouch. So. It's a very, very painful shot. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't enough to kill her, but it was enough to put her out of action, because we would have had to spend weeks waiting for her to recover in Constantinople while we've still got a ticking clock. Yeah, I think you're just recovering in hospital, aren't you? You're yeah. not actually dead, dead. It's like Benoit wakes up after we, after he's been drugged quite heavily to go, hang on a minute, those guys that shot my uh, shot my friend on the train are hailed as heroes that stopped some anarchist plot? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, big, the big problem with, with this is a lot happens on your Express that would normally bring the police and the authorities and everyone else down, and it's... It's one of the things that GM has to try and not gloss over, but try and work out ways of explaining why you have six people die on the Orient Express between Sophia and Constantinople. <laughs> so, to, to, to be fair, this is something that Cthulhu GMs get a lot of. Anarchists <laughs> <laughs> are always a good excuse. I, I think it can be partly explained away um, by jurisdiction, and that's always a good thing. You know, mm. you, you can't be arrested in. Italy unless they get a warrant for you because of something that you committed in France because it's different jurisdictions so you could probably explain a lot of you know why the PCs are getting away with things by that and a murder actually the film the book Murder on the Orient Express it does explain that because the way the Orient Express staff don't really want to deal with things like this in Mm. places like Balkans they'd rather deal with it in more civilised western (laughs) areas which is why they try and keep the train moving on mm. so okay. um, my recommendation to any GMs who are going to play is to read or watch Murder on the Express because it gives you an idea of what the train's like and the, the real world the attitude sort of, of the staff and everything yeah. else so, which I think is very good cool so then that takes you on to Constantinople from destination as, okay, yeah. as, as it still was in 1923 yes. yep. and Fezzes were still legal 
Yeah. <laughs> Fizz is a fool. Don't stop. Oh. So, so uh, what what happens in Constantinople? You've got all the bits of the the simulacrum. Uh, you mentioned something about what's the Shand Mosque. Yeah, yeah. we started so, a riot. That was one of my key achievements in the game, even if it was a red herring. Um, with, with this scenario, with the end scenario, is a bit of rinse and repeat. Um, there's, there's two sections that are very similar, and because of the way the players went, I actually removed a massive section of the whole scenario. Um, actually, I think it actually worked out much better for us um, the way the way that I actually ran it. So, um, so what did you end up excising? Um, basically, the, the player characters are meant to look at a Kurdish scholar and go to another gravesite, and there they get basically captured by Brothers of the Skin with um, innumerable odds, and are going to be sacrificed to a skin, what's called the Skin Beast, which is a, a mashup of local children that have disappeared in Constantinople, basically all being sewn together and, and then created into this horrific monster that basically absorbs people. Um, but something similar to that happens later on in the scenario, and the characters have never actually really, the investors never really got the hang of this Kurdish scholar would know something about it, or sense the trap anyway. I think Matt definitely sensed there was yeah. a trap or something about this. We're not going hunting around yes. in the graveyard. The last time we did that, a coffin fell on someone. And, they and died. also, he's already been attacked by one skin beast already. Oh, Baylab the Perspira, the blonde, <laughs> which, is, yeah. which I think is the best character name in the NPC ever. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that was as, as, played, as played by Sydney Greenstreet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's this large man who lays on a slab and gets whipped with branches and mm-hmm. perspires a lot. And gets his throat slit and turns into the blob. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, so, and you found out, I can't remember how you found out about the Shunt Mosque, but you found out about the Shunt Mosque. I think it was from the blob that we got it. That it yes. was, well, that's where we got the location of it from. Yeah. Um, and according to your, what you've got to do is you've got to put Take the simulacrum into niches here and that will destroy it. Yes. Destroy it. So we we did the whole Mission Impossible thing of trying to break into this heavily guarded fortress and went, well, the front entrance looked like suicide. We are not going to go through that army, so we're going to try and do it covertly. <laughs> covertly? Yeah. A truck and a boat. In the middle of It was several blocks away, it was covert. Larry needs a local water supply. Yeah? <laughs> it sounded like a good idea. And then you wonder why you started a riot. It worked, didn't it? Sort of. Well, we got, no, you didn't find anything down there. No, no we got in the mosque. <laughs> <laughs> we woke up in the mosque, chained to the wall. <laughs> Don't forget naked as well, naked. though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, naked. Yeah. <laughs> Being naked probably was the least of the <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, it's nice it's, and warm there. Well, we did meet a new character there, yeah, also chained naked. At that Angus point, my, my new character, Elena, turned up, uh, wakes up in a room with chains naked to all with seven strange men. Uh, um, because... You come here okay. often, then? Have you been on the hen night? Well, possibly at this point. Um, the only unfortunate thing about it is, is there's a, one of the scenes that, that we missed out was it's quite a big explanation. It's a bit of a power struggle between the brothers of the skin, between father and son, <laughs> over the simulacrum. Um, and it's, it's who basically controls the simulacrum, and there's, there's a big power struggle which. It's fortunate players. Well, you were aware of it eventually, weren't you? Yeah, I, I actually preferred it from what you described yeah. of how it was and supposed so to be. I, I, I preferred it how we ended up playing it. Yeah, quite enjoyable. 
Um, and then there's a certain person you meet in the um, chained up room, mosque, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. Mutter, mutter, mutter. <laughs> Is this the duck again? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. It's the original instigator, Professor, Professor Smith. The yeah. late Professor Smith. Well, no. he's not. No, the Professor Smith who's been here all along. Yes. <laughs> We've been played from scene one. two. two. Yeah. <laughs> we met the real Professor Smith because he did remember us from the, uh, from the auction and from, the, uh, from his presentation. Yeah, the guy on the bed who sends us looking after the whole simulacrum is the bad guy. Yes. You've been played from the from the chat called Mimic Macriat. Yeah. So massive spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if you've listened this far. That's the spoiler. <laughs> yeah, basically the whole the whole scenario is the chap on the bed has used his powers of um, changing his appearance through his skin magic um, to look like a bird version of Professor Smith, um, who sends the characters to go and retrieve the simulacrum. Um, because his own organisation is unable to do it. So he's hoping this ragtag mob of people with a bit more information are able to do it, which of course they do. Mm-hmm. Um, How desperate was he? They seem competent. And how lucky was it that they keep recruiting people to, yeah. to keep replace the people they lost on oh, the yeah. 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 Um, it, it, is, it is quite hard to win this scenario to put new people in. Um, I think we did quite well. Yeah. With adding new characters, none of them were too many. Oh, you just meet this person. Yeah, I mean, does does the the campaign does the text give you guidelines for doing that? Because it seems like it's does, quite yes. lethal. So. Yeah, it's it's known for its lethality anyway. Um, it does give you hints, and there is there is a booklet called Strangers on the Train, which does give you NPC characters which can become characters. Cool. Which are which is always very good because then you've always got someone there who can who can take. Part of the character. That's um, one of the benefits to um, to the main setting of the the campaign being on the Orient Express because you're in such a closed space and the PCs are in that space a lot of the time. There's a lot of scope for them meeting other characters on that train and getting talking to them and that you know it's a good way to introduce new people into the game. Nice. And then you yeah, you find yourself chained up and you find the armless torso of Professor Smith he's got no legs he's got no arms he's got one eye he's got no yeah. ears yeah he's like a little he's like a little path of a Russian doll that sat in the corner yeah, yeah. and then um, just to give you a bit of information I changed the scenario slightly and brought the father in first he did a bit of a talk with you didn't he mm-hmm. you happening. then you heard some things going on downstairs some screaming and stuff like that yeah. and then the main protagonist Mimit Macriak comes up and there's one last, which you can't shoot him for because he's chained to a wall. Matter, matter. <laughs> but you were, shoot, you were shooting with your mind. <laughs> I think I'd actually got one hand free. I think I had to start yeah. to get free by that. So, so yeah. making rude gestures at least. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, I think I did actually. Oh no, it was his father that I verbally shot yes. a few lines at, didn't I? Because yeah. yeah. it was like, shut up, dog, and so I just barked um, occasionally <laughs> randomly through the scene. Made, made a few yapping sounds every so often and just grinned at him. Yeah. And then basically he tells you that he's... he's, he's all tells you the story's all been uh, set up for you um, and then tells you he's going back to London with it. Mm-hmm. Just rub it in our noses. Yeah. But now he's got the power of it that you're all subject to the baleful influence of it. Mm-hmm. And we've got uh, 100 hours. 100 hours. Tick. Yeah. Before Talk. horrible things start to happen. No, he, he, they start to happen almost immediately. Yeah. No, those aren't the horrible things. After a hundred hours. Well, they were pretty horrible. <laughs> well, 
What what kinds of horrible things were these? I don't know, sort of strange lesions growing on your limbs and acne, blood acne, and stomach. incredibly hairy, getting yeah. skin tight. So, so, so basically puberty, well, <laughs> accelerated puberty in your thirties. Yeah. Skin stretches tightly, um, and eventually your whole body starts to corrupt. Um, I think uh, Paul's character Kratos. He by the end of it, was really, he was a really bad suffering in a bad way. We were, we were desperate men. We yeah. were, yeah. They were alive, but my God, they probably wish they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a fast forward back to London. Well, no, we, we had London. lots of stuff happen on the train. That was my second yeah, train. Yeah, it was a fast train. You managed to escape from the chains, which yes. I think is a bit... I, I couldn't really change that, but I think there would have been other ways of doing it. Basically, there were very hard roles to try and get yourself yeah. to work. Yeah, Mem- 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 says, I'm going to let you go just so you can see your own corruption rather than hanging here and doing it. And then um, they do suggest that Professor Smith bites one of the guard's ankles, but I thought that was too Monty Python Yeah. So I was going to let him do that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the flappy man getting out of there was a little bit what the hell well if, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was me the flappy skin man. yeah that, that more of how much the guards disliked the, the flapping man which is supposedly <laughs> so, so, sorry you, you need to explain the, look, the yeah. look on your face just made it now we're not going to explain this we'll just bring it <laughs> for the sake of our listeners if not yeah. for me what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, in this scenario the when they originally captured um, the guards don't like certain parts of the mosque because there's an apparition called the Flapping Man, which is supposedly the ghost of all the people that the brothers of the skin have skinned. Right. So he's called the Flapping Man because he's just his whole body's hanging in different skins. Um, of course, this is meant to give the players the idea that if they want to escape from the Shun Mosque with all these people running about, is one of them has to dress up as the Flapping Man. Hello. Because of course, being the um, temple of the um, skinned ones there's lots of skins hanging about so you're meant to take them off and put them on and run about waving your arms about when in Rome get naked cover yourself in blood and flesh and run around going <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 we were like what should we do hmm. well let's get these weapons and, and Matt the keeper's like well there's these skins on the wall yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah whatever we're going to get the professor Smith hints about three times as well put the skins on Put the skins on! <laughs> <laughs> so eventually we figured out to put the skins on. <laughs> of course, that brings a real flapping man down as well. Uh, more sand loss. More yeah. sand loss. Uh. And the real flapping man appears and looks at you and does that, do you mind? <laughs> no, no, he, he, gives you, he gives you a little bit of a monologue that says, what the hell did that mean? Ignore it! Run away! <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a very obscure... Something. It is, and I think if I had other thought, I thought you were doing actually quite well escaping anyway. But yeah, there we go. Well, what, for what reference? What, what was that thingy spouted that was supposed to be about? Something it was something like go for, go for their hearts or their eyes or something. They fish flying in the sky at midnight. Oh, I think he's basically <laughs> saying if you cut the head off of the um, the organisation, so if you cut the head off the snake, the rest of the body will die. Oh right. Okay. So basically, if you kill Mimic Macriat. Like we weren't going to do that already. The, the skin, is, the, 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 the cult of the skin, this one will die out eventually. Without its, its main person, I think that's what the reference is. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, and then, yes, with the help of the consulate, you get back on the train. Mm-hmm. We're all British citizens at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we rescued the kids as well. Rescued the kids, yes. But one of the side scenarios is the um, accidentally the um, son of the British commissioner um, is kidnapped because the son of the British commissioner depends, likes to dress up as a Turkish lad and run about in Newcastle. <laughs> as, so, as you do. So it's a miracle we weren't arrested, really, when we come out of the uh, out of the temple. <laughs> Matt wearing a bunch of human skins, the rest of us completely naked, with about fifteen children. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, everything's fine. Covered in blood. Yeah, the nineteen twenties were a very different time. <laughs> <laughs> they were much more liberal back then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then with the help of the British we went back to England to become DJs. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Anyway, no. um, and then you go back onto the onto the train. The real murder on your own. Real, and this, this, the last the last scenario is sort of typically a bit more Agatha 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 Christie. I must have I really enjoyed the way back because um, mm. it was it ramped up the paranoia to say right who is Mehmet on the train because he was constantly yeah. changing faces mm. it, it, was, so, it was kind of like the thing on a train yeah, yeah, it, was. yeah. yeah it, was. it was who is it how do we find out who the hell it is and it, re- it really ramped up the paranoia and trying to work out who the hell is this guy what can you do to stop him the body count keeps increasing who's next and then flesh leaps up you in the middle of the night ah. <laughs> we did actually start sort of toying with the idea of doing something that's very similar to the thing because mm. we knew that um, mm. Mehmet couldn't bleed, he couldn't be hurt so we, we, sort of, we were toying with the idea of trying to subtly stab or scratch <laughs> everyone on the train and yeah. whichever one didn't bleed was the one we wanted there's, there's two words you don't often hear together, subtly stab <laughs> actually I'm pretty sure someone wasn't too subtle about it really, I know, someone shot him and the bullet passed off and I wish we went, it's him <laughs> Um, yeah, in this scenario, there's, there's a bunch of other NPCs who are so stereotypical. Stereotypical. You, you have a couple of, couple of foreign dignitaries and... Mr. Hotep. Mr. Hotep. Who eventually became a player character. Bubba. Mr. No, not Mr. N. Hotep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very tempted to think, oh crap, have we got him on the track? <laughs> there was um, a couple having an affair, wasn't there, which you listened oh. in on for <laughs> well, quite a while. Manolivshin. <laughs> What's this banging against the against the wall? There, oh. there, was, an, there was another assassin on the train as well. Yeah, and, he um, got his own turf. Damn it. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and it's, it is a very good scenario because the player characters don't know who mm. Mimit is. We had a good discussion because it was purely by luck that I'd gone out to have a fag. I think it was on one of the stops and saw the conductor coming back from the. Um, Wireless telegraph office, the yeah. telegraph office, that was it. And, of course, I'd been thinking, okay, maybe someone's delivered a message, maybe he's onto us. So I went in and bribed the guy and found, yeah, there was a message basically to say, oi, more assassins, get on the train and kill off the NPC, get off the PCs at the next stop. So they, right, either the conductor is the guy in disguise, or more likely, my mistake, that, it's, um, that he's been paid by the guy doing it. So we've got to find the conductor and find who gave him the message to pass on to, um, to obviously give it away at the telegraph office. And the, the rest of the session was literally running around trying to find where the hell the conductor had gone. Yeah. And only we did realized, find him. Yeah, well, someone's bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, it do give you enough NPCs to 
do that who are different enough, even though they may be stereotypical. Yeah, they work quite well. Stereotyping worked quite well because it, it really differentiates yeah, each yeah, one. Who they yeah, were, definitely. Difference into work, which was good. Yeah. Um, and then the train starts to speed up a bit. Oh, it? yeah. yeah. <laughs> someone, someone wants to get past the server very quick, and I don't blame them. <laughs> Um, the front cover of Horror on Your Own Express is very distinctive for a reason. It becomes the front cover in this part. Yeah. Right. And the train, train, basically the train starts to become flesh. <laughs> and the player characters try to disconnect the train from the character, from the engine, which doesn't work. Well, um, we we first went up to the engine and discovered there were some cultists up there. It was you, yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I yeah, went up there. The well, yeah, well. character, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, look at that train! That cliff drop looks rather inviting. D twenty sanity losses. Yeah, only had nine left. He's been doing so well through the tunnel as well. Hence, Mister Hotep became an NPC. Became a PC afterwards. It was actually quite useful in the end because we had language skills. Yeah, even though he kept failing every roll. But again, we're jumping ahead. So, so, so yeah, you were heading on towards London at this stage? Yes, yeah. and the but, train basically speeds up to an impossible speed um, to get past Lucerne. Well, Lucerne. An impossible speed for a train that time to, to get to. Um, oh, you do meet Baba Yaga again, don't you? Oh, yeah, she taunted, yeah. she taunted us on the train yeah. by running alongside it and getting in the dining car and just glaring at our one, one remaining PC that survived from that stage. She, she did. She didn't run alongside it. It was the fact that when we crossed the border back into, was it Serbia? Yeah. Um, the house appears and starts running <laughs> alongside the train again. And then when we stop at the station, it's just sat there, sort of incongruous amongst yeah. the rest of the, the houses. And, <laughs> and suddenly the platform was full of chickens and yeah. things like that. And we're just like, we're just not paying attention to but this. It's not that. Every, every section that you passed, there was a little bit of an echo of the bits that you'd yeah. done in the previous mm-hmm. chapters. So it was a really nice kind of ba- 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 yeah, tape in reverse. Baba Yang can't use her powers on the train because it's on iron rails. Right. And that, that locks her power down. She can she can manifest herself there and she can do little things, mischievous things, like yeah, she did. But she why? can't actually use her full power and kill anybody because of the iron rails. Yeah, as we're saying, it speeds up and then all of a sudden comes for a very quick stop and starts again. Yeah, that's and a very two moment. Then an extra carriage is added onto the train. Oh, the cathedral carriage. Yes. Every train should have one. <laughs> <laughs> cathedral carriage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a cathedral on wheels. One of you is going to explain. <laughs> the duck came back. Oh, okay. He finally crossed into I, his territory. I, I, I'm sorry, I say, oh, okay, like that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> he, the thing was, because he was the prince, he was the prince, the, the jigsaw prince of Lucerne, the place that he infected was his headquarters, where you had the trial in the Lucerne chapter, was on the steps of the cathedral. That yeah. was his lair. Yeah, essentially it was. And then when you meet him again there, you find out why he's called the Jigsaw Prince. It's because his whole body, apart from his head, is made up of all different people's body parts. That's yeah. why they call him Jigsaw Prince. Cool. So, and he actually helps you. Yeah. And yeah. you're actually letting him monologue as well, because if you hadn't, you'd have been really screwed. Well, yeah, because I've realised that he was virtually unkillable the first time, and he'd <laughs> taken away my spirit destiny, so I couldn't stab the son of a bitch. But like, he presents you with an option that basically says, I want the Sadef car, you'll get it for me, or you die. Which we're going, yeah, that's a big choice, death or cake. Uh, <laughs> so we're just like, yeah, you can have the Sadef car, we don't care, we just want to get back to London and cleanse ourselves of this. Die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've had enough of this shit. Um, that he's like, yeah, you can go back to your pocket dreamlands because you can't leave there, so you can have it and be your own little tin god, even more than what you already are. And he provides a ritual to us that is the way that we cancel out the effect that Macriac has of the Steph car already um, on his person. 
because he isn't actually wearing the Sedef car. That was the real kind of GM going, ha, 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 that we'd be looking for the guy wearing it, and it wasn't. It was under the train all along. <laughs> it was um, in a box. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Weld was the bottom of the dining car. Yeah. But um, we ended up doing the um, Poirot gather everyone together in the dining car and said, right, we're going to stand in front of you and chant this speech. And of course, when finally we started doing it on one guy, he ran away. He got shot, the bullet bounced off, and we dogpiled him. <laughs> Beat the ever living crap out of him. Yeah, I cut his legs off, I cut his feet off, and then I just kept on going. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then someone someone casts a ritual which basically sucks all of his, all of his body parts to their hands, which is, which is quite a nasty ritual anyway. Ooh, yeah. It's quite vicious. I actually I felt that the spell was actually too nasty because if they run it more than once, it would have killed one character because of the magic point burn on it. Uh, so I actually eased it up slightly because we were getting so close I didn't want to kill off many more characters which we've already done <laughs> what? how do you call yourself a cathedral? I know I've been nice <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry you're letting us all down <laughs> uh, and anyway yes and then the train rolls into Paris yeah a day and a half early a day and a half early much the surprise of the um, yeah. of which we drive and all we are summoned back to the duck to say right where's the death car well we know where it is but it's under the train we've got to wait till we stop and then we can get it out for you by which point it's like we'll go and get it now he's now in Paris well outside of his dreamland uh, dreamland dominion he gets sucked back straight down the train lines so just throw the finger at the guy going ha <laughs> so he gave us the ritual to uh, to stop Macriat and then didn't get anything for it because we left his territory Cool. Which was sucks to be here. Yeah, we're never going back there again, boys. Yeah. And so did it wrap up in Paris or did nope. London? Kept on going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not finished yet. We needed to find because um, all this time it's still corrupting. To find the ritual to destroy it, right. and so well to stop the corruption to cleanse what was going on with us, because otherwise, as Matt said, we'd just carry on corrupting until we were. Horrible. Yeah, the 100 hour clock was still ticking, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So I actually, because Macrat had died, Macrat was actually stopping some of the corruption because he was performing a ritual every day to, to stop the corruption for himself because obviously he's being corrupted as well until he can perform the ritual he wants to perform it in London. This is the um, downside of the city. Then I started to make, to force the investigators to hurry along a bit more. I made the um, output, uh, change myself made the corruption actually speed up mm. because I, I, I actually I think it actually gave a lot more impetus yeah I think that was very effective yeah it, yeah. Um, it did spur us to, to yeah gave yeah. more urgency to it yeah yeah the the, the end section again has uh, one thing I picked up on it was it lulls you into a false sense of security a bit everything is a little bit too neat a little bit too tidy that something stinks something mm. isn't right mm. here and of course it's designed that you walk on and you find the scroll that um, has the ritual by which you can cleanse yourself it's all written nice and phonetically so you can just speak it off the bat what could go wrong so, so what, what what does the ritual really do yeah well, well luckily we, we had someone who could speak the languages yeah. so they could translate it you could have fooled me <laughs> the, the problem with the scrolls for the Slifkasim and Akram is they're written in Arabic text using Turkish words so to translate them you need Arabic and Turkish yeah. That's offensive. Well, you can speak Arabic. The problem is, it took two rolls for every translation. And so, you like always fail. Like, <laughs> one of them every time. <laughs> so, it takes us twice as long to do it. Oh, and with the corruption that was, was constantly kind of getting more yeah. and more, I looked at Kratos, <laughs> at Paul, and uh, 
be like, should we get that? Uh, should we get that that one that's written out for Netflix and go downstairs and read it? I'm like, yeah, I think so. so uh, <laughs> they swiped it while he wasn't looking. No, he's like, he was looking. Yeah, no, they, we were distracted. We were distracted, but he went, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, so what did they? I think I was down to about two hit points, and Kratos was like, <coughs> his whole body was oozing. Pus or something. Yeah. Um, so we went downstairs and started reading out the uh, the, uh, the, um, the the scroll that was already uh, decoded, and um, well, it all seemed fine. <laughs> I was downstairs yeah. as well by that point because I'd seen something horrible and screamed and run away and curled up in a corner downstairs. Oh, it, was, it, was the, it was the guy with the blood flushing out of his head, and that was it. Oh, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but upstairs, uh, Mr. Hotep, things weren't going so well for you. No, yeah, I rolled three. Um, well, actually, I, I passed three rolls, which didn't help. Apparently. It was it was the first one that you failed that sealed your. I think it was your sanity roll. roll yeah. that was a problem. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. the fact that you got chosen the vest as the vessel for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I thought I could. Uh, <laughs> Nothing good can come. The vessel for the master come back. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he, he passed his um, sanity check and only got to roll D10 sand loss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. And then that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just went downhill from there. It's how long yeah. can I stay this off? Um, about that long. <laughs> and yeah, he turns back into Mimic Macriant, who isn't dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn cheeky son of a bitch. Resurrection is bad on my um, And of course, the ritual that um, the two Pauls have um, said is actually the one that calls the skin this one himself, who is an avatar of Nathalie. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely guy. Yeah. Um, which then uh, Macriat tries to control. Which doesn't work out particularly well. <laughs> <laughs> he got what he deserved. And thankfully, you worked out what he actually had to do. I think he does make it quite obvious. <laughs> well, give, give me. Uh, in which case, who's going to have? Who's going to give me the Sedefkar uh, first? We throw it over to him. He breaks it. Ah. Because it's unbreakable. Even if you throw it in a volcano, it will just float to the top and harm the people. So he is Mount Doom. <laughs> he is, he <laughs> is the Mount Doom, yes. We so went all the way to Turkey, then we went all the way back to London. It was there and back again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, we, if, if, if myself and the other Paul hadn't read out that, um, that scroll and we'd waited on... Um, Mr. Hotep here to actually decode it. What would have happened with the de- that would be the ritual of cleansing, which all that does is stave off the um, stave off the corruption for uh, every hundred hours. So, so we're about we to basically to keep that. recasting that. Yep. What about the simulacrum? Simulacrum. Well, so then, the this one wouldn't have manifested. No. And no. Macriat wouldn't have no. returned. No. And the simulacrum, we just simulacrum. have that. You just have that. Um, obviously, its own corruption will start corrupting you all still. Unless we broke it apart and sent it to the four corners again. Yeah. So we had the we had the more visceral ending in which I think we lost your other PC, didn't you we? Got the vortex. In, yeah. yeah. As as the architect was leaving, someone went with him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did that happen? I just rolled a hundred, basically. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Got into the vortex of death. Yeah. So two two PCs lost in the last session because yeah. it was Dominic getting sucked into the vortex and Arthur manifesting the skinless one. Yeah. <laughs> and then we burn the house down. 
So yeah, yeah. my, my favourite, but I did enjoy running the whole scenario and the new improvements actually do enhance it so much more. Well, that's good. Even, even with the, it's ma- absolutely massive now because we've, I was looking actually, we missed out, I think it's three scenarios. Blimey. All together. Um, it still took us that long. And still ran for 19 months. Still ran for well, 19 we played, months. I think we should say for the listeners, we played for, I think it's 17 months. And, but with the Milton Keynes Club here where we're playing, we're in York House at the moment, um, home to the Milton Keynes Royal Playing Society. We're not in the pottery shed! <laughs> I feel like and, and we run a, a, a structure where we run an eight week block of a game, of one game, and then we have a um, three weeks where we play one offs or, or whatever, and then um, we run another eight week block. So of that 17 months, we've probably played about five eight week blocks. I think it's we worked it out as six when six. we were looking four at it. Year, one at the start of the one at the end of two thousand and twelve and one at the beginning of two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, it's six. So if we said six, so six eight forty eight sessions of around Plus, just did, under three hours. Yeah. Just under three hours. We did play across a couple of short blocks as well because mm. we used a couple of the short blocks to do the um, the, the historical because, yeah, you know, the because flashback Mark scenes. Wanted feedback on those mm. quite quickly. So, so. so I mean, so it's the equivalent of a, a, a yeah. year of, of weekly sessions. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, about yeah. that. And, and it's four scenarios. Four scenarios we haven't we haven't played: the Doom Train, the Blood Red Fez, uh, the Dreamland Express, and Simulacrum Unbound, which is one of the last sort of an epilogue which is set in 2013 um, which I think I might run in the end cool. I'd definitely be interested in playing the rest of them just you mm. know for completeness well, I'd say Doom Train is one you can run standalone anyway because it mm. is just a, it's just a standalone scenario I just love the sound of the blood red fez <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's this gaslight one um, that's the nice thing about all the new scenarios they cover every era in Call of Cthulhu now from Roman from Invictus right up to modern day 2013 but the only thing doesn't ever touch on is Delta Green so which yeah. I don't think it's not here anyway. to, so well there's different company it's different licenses yeah. mm. okay well no that's that's been absolutely fascinating even as someone who wasn't with you for the ride for the uh, for the year and a half and now uh, you can never play uh, so yes, thank thank you all for sharing your experiences, um, and uh, yes, um, ne- ne- next time you run a campaign, Matt, yeah, don't 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 take two years at the club. I've, I've got none left now. I don't think. I think we run them all. <laughs> I'm sure we can think of something. In the mouth, we're done. We've yeah, got masks. Yeah. Uh, Walker in the waste. Walker in the waste. We were writing some new ones. Can I just good. point out that a lot of us weren't there for a lot of those. Stories, <laughs> so we did oh, a lot of oh, yeah. so I'm sure others of us in this room would not object. Anyway, so um, there's nothing left for us now but to, to say goodbye. So, bye bye. In the dawn when you